You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. this episode of Geek Out Loud, Dave from the Vortex stops by to talk and enlighten us to a little bit of Doctor Who action. Somehow, we throw in some Inspector Gadget, some Godzilla, uh, Matthew Broderick. You know what? We prove that this is your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is, of course, the official podcast at geekoutonline.com. I appreciate so much you joining me and being here with me today because um, it's it's going. I think it's going to be a fun episode. I, I've been spending time with our guest for the past, um, wow, it seems like two days, but it's only been a few hours. No, uh, got a good friend that I actually met at Dragon Con who sits in. You know him from the forums as Dave Slasher. This is uh, Dave Jones, not of the Monkees. <laughs> That's correct. No. How's it going, man? It's going good. And David Bowie's name was actually David Jones, too. Initially. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> you, learn so, you learn it here on Geek Out Loud, That's or it. I did That's anyway. It. People are finding out that I'm not the geek that I say. What's funny are the people that I know in real life are finding out that I'm more of a geek than they ever realized. <laughs> but people who started listening to this show are finding out slowly but surely he's not as much a geek as he acts like he is. So, Well, I was, um, re- I was relieved to uh, come down and, and you weren't like in a basement with like a Han Solo outfit. Like on. you didn't have to, my mom didn't <laughs> greet you at the door. Like, oh, he's downstairs. Would you like some bagel bites? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> um, Here's some yeah. grape Kool-Aid. Have some, have some Kool-Aid. Would you guys want, you boys want anything to eat? Uh, which, if we go to my parents' house, that's how she'll be. Y'all want something to eat? Well, might, come on in. Um, but uh, it's just a typical Southern mom is my mom. Um, but Dave is in town just hanging out. Uh, was kind of escaping a girls' night out, weren't you? I was, yes. My wife, be honest. My wife was having a girls' night, and I'm sure it involved lots of uh, Sex and the City box sets. Uh, you know how your some... mind works faster than... People talk sometimes. I'm glad you said in the city box sets. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Because I was like, and you missed that? Um, yes, yes. Well, I mean. Let's keep it. You know, anyway. PG. Uh, the uh, And your wife, does she listen to Geek Out Loud? She Only lis- if you make she it. Does, well, she'll listen to it like in the car. Yeah. Um, she thinks you're hilarious. So. Oh, does she? Yes. She's, well, hello, Joy. Uh, <laughs> she's got chocolate pie on her iPod. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. So. That's always Always good. Always good to talk to a fan. Ladies. Well, you know, because you're married. I am. What's that like? Um, for like as a geek or? I mean, just, yeah, is yeah. I mean, because I'm because I am single. You are, ladies. <laughs> um, you, you know, I I I've never been married, ladies. Um, no kids, 
ladies. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I, what is it? I mean, it's, she puts up with your geekdom, or she, she does. or she, does she enable it? Well, mm, she kind of joins in at times. Um, a nice. lot of times, it's probably to indulge nice. me. The look on the face is like she joins in at times. You know, she's got her own stuff. I mean, she's into Harry Potter. Nice. Like We're going to be. Really I'm going to be doing a Harry Potter episode. So and I, I told her that was coming up. So yeah. she's excited about that. Um, you know, she she'll watch Star Wars with me. Cool. Um, she's more into fan. I'll say I'll say this, she's more into like the fantasy, like Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Lord of the Lord Rings. Of the Rings, yes, that kind of thing. Uh, Aragorn. Or Aragon. So she's she's all about Viggo Mortensen is what she's yes. all about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Do um, Lord of the Rings, she's into, you have the extended editions and everything? Yes. Yes, we do. The, the, <laughs> I mean, 16 hours of movie there? Yeah. and Or 12 hours or whatever. And I remember in college when we were dating, and this is, this is just going to show you what kind of people we are in college. Um, we spent the entire weekend watching the trilogy. Nice. Um, Not, the, the, wait a minute. Star Wars? No, no, no. The Lord of the Rings. Lord trilogy. of the Rings. Okay. Trilogy. When you refer to the trilogy, the trilogy, yes. I'm thinking Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and so you just need to know. Well, what would what would Lord of the Rings be? Would that just be the saga? That's or? the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. You've got to throw you in to, the Lord okay. of the Rings trilogy because the trilogy in my life has always, always, always been Star Wars, and even though now it's you know a a sextilogy or septilogy <laughs> or hectilogy or whatever it is, um, a saga. Saga. Um, I, it will always the trilogy, the original trilogy, will always be the trilogy to me. And in the words of the great Kevin Smith, "There's only one return, and it's not of the king; <laughs> it's of the Jedi." So, uh, but no, I, I, I love Lord of the Rings. Though we talked about this earlier today, I do love Lord of the Rings. And uh, your wife is actually a proponent of Star Trek Three. She sure is. Yes, she that amazes. That fascinates. She me. loves the. I think it's like the whole thing of Spock being reborn. Yeah. She loves that kind of thing. She lo- she likes the Klingon. Your name is Jim. Yes. She loves all that. You have been and always will be. Yeah. And she loves Bones. How about I just quoted freaking Star Trek? <laughs> I know. I know. It's there you go. Seth, okay. For Seth Joe and Moe's Dog and all these other people on the forums, there you go. I, I, just, I just made your day. I quoted some Star Trek. She's a big Bones fan. Um, Dr. McCoy. Dr. McCoy. Yeah. So when he's blaming Spock, he's like, even in death, you know. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, she just loves that kind of stuff. Good. And, and so she's Good. a big Star Trek. What's it going to take to get Joy on Geek Out Loud? Uh, any kind of Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia, anything like that? Chronicles of Narnia. What What'd you guys think of Prince Caspian? Last we loved summer? it. Was it not better than Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? We loved, yes. I absolutely loved Prince Caspian. I still, I still, I watched it, walked in someone's house the other day and they had it playing. And I was just totally caught up in it. I mean, it, it was during the, like, it was toward the end. It was the fight between uh, Peter and the general guy, you know, respite, mm-hmm. respite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just watch this. This is awesome, you know. And, of course, Lucy finds Aslan. And, right. And just a great, great moment, you know, so. I was surprised to, he- to read that uh, Disney's dropping the franchise. I'd heard that, and I don't, I don't get that at all. I, I think that... The, the movie's gotten progressively better, you know, the, uh, from the first to the second. I, I think that they could round out a trilogy, you know, even if they just did the last battle or whatever the case may be. I think that I think Disney's making a mistake doing that, too. to be honest with you. I, I think there's too. a lot of gold to be mined there. Um, they're not going to have the richness and the fullness of a Lord of the Rings. I think what, what you get with Lord of the Rings is the descriptiveness of Tolkien in his original novels. 
And so you're able to fashion a world that feels lived in and used and and you get the depth of what Tolkien brought to the table. With the Chronicles of Narnia, it they were written for children, very much children's books or children's novels. And so the description's not quite there. Your your imagination is allowed to run a little more wild than what it was with Tolkien even. And and that's not a slight on Tolkien at all. I mean Tolkien was just so descriptive. I mean he had the elfin language, he had, you know, everything going on. And so with Chronicles of Narnia, it was like, here's what's happening, you know, enjoy. And so I think that, uh, you know, I think that the right, uh, well, I think uh, Andrew Adamson did a great job mm. with both of them. You know, I think he learned how to play in that world, and, and I would have liked to see what he did with the third one. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, maybe another studio will pick it up. I don't I don't know. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people are so. saying Fox is looking at it. So, Speaking <clears throat> of which, by the way, let's, let's segue into that. Um, apparently... Fox and Warner Brothers have settled their Watchmen dispute. Did you did you read about that? I did. Yeah. Um, thoughts, um, comments. I have to say, I probably am about to get lynched. Um, I'm not a big Watchmen person. You're not going to get lynched on this podcast for that. <laughs> I'm not a big Watchmen fan either. However, the the whole movie that they have made looks so intriguing. It's to intriguing, see yes, because because it looks like they have just literally taken the comic book and sprinkled some fairy dust on it and it came to life. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's and that's impressive in and of itself. Um so let me see I I'm, I'm at superherohype.com right now. You're familiar with the site. I am. Um this is not geekoutonline.com, <laughs> the official podcast of you guys. Or the Vortex. Or the Vortex. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't pimp your podcast when I <laughs> when I shut up, man. We'll get there. Okay. Uh Warner Brothers and Fox have resolved their dispute over Watchmen with the studio scheduled to present the settlement to Judge Gary Fees on Friday morning and request that the case be dismissed says the Hollywood Reporter. Terms of the agreement will not be disclosed, but it is said to involve a sizable cash payment to Fox and a percentage of the film's box office. Fox will not be a co-distributor film, nor will it own a piece of the Watchmen property going forward. The studios are set to release a joint statement announcing the agreement Friday. Fox sued Warner Brothers in February 2008, claiming copyright infringement based on agreements the studio had with producer Larry Gordon. Fees ruled on December 24th that Gordon did not secure the proper rights to Watchmen from Fox before shopping the project and eventually setting it up with Warner's. Fee's decision prompted settlement talks to heat up because Warner's faced the prospect of an injunction stopping its March 6th release of the $130 million comic book adaptation. While Gordon is not a party to the case, Warner said it's pursuing the producer and his attorneys to reimburse it for the cost of the settlement. Wow. I'd hate to be that guy. This is the official statement from both studios. Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox have resolved their dispute regarding the rights to the upcoming motion picture Watchmen in a confidential settlement. Warner Brothers acknowledges that Fox acted in good faith in bringing its claims and were asserted, which were asserted prior to the start of principal photography. Fox acknowledges that Warner Brothers acted in good faith in defending against those claims. Warner Brothers and Fox, like all Watchmen fans, look forward with great anticipation this film's March 6th release in theaters. Well, I, I find it hard to believe that this couldn't have been settled before you like got the trailers rolling and everything like that. Who do you think the bad guy in this situation is? Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? I do. You think that they... People are blaming Fox, but I mean, isn't this something that should have been settled beforehand? I agree. However, I have to look and say, is not Watchmen a property of Vertigo and DC, ergo a property of Warner Brothers? Sure, but I'm saying like... 
I'm looking at track record, and since Warner Brothers took 10 years to make the last Superman movie, I don't have a lot of faith in them. <laughs> you mean 20 years? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah uh, but I mean, like, I remember, in, I mean, it was in developmental oh, sure. yeah. 80s yeah. for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Um, What about the reports, and it wasn't here, I didn't see it here, but I actually was talking to someone, and they said that Fox is going to get to release the bat part of this settlement they're hearing is that Fox is going to get to release the Batman series. I would probably feel pretty good about it then because yeah, um, I've been looking forward to that, actually. Well, you know, someone had told me that, and I said there's no way that that's part of Fox's consideration yeah. is to get Warner Brothers or let them release that original Batman series, but apparently it was. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. I hope so. so. I, I think that's crazy. But, yeah, so that's, that's settled. Now we're looking ahead to this Superman situation. Mm. How do you feel? I'm... I'm I'm a little uneasy after our conversation today. Yeah, after I, I don't. I mean, I think that if Warner Brothers and DC will step up and say, "What's it going to take to take care of you and your family for years to come to keep this thing?" I don't see how they'll lose the rights to the character. The thing that bothers me is back last year when they were setting the court dates for all this stuff. The Siegel family acted like they had a distributor waiting in the wings, a publisher ready for Superman. What what if um what if Dark Horse suddenly got the rights to Superman? It wouldn't feel right to me. I mean, it would just feel it'd feel like a knockoff. Like what know. if it was what if it was Image, and you bring Superman in the world of Savage Dragon and Witchblade and Invincible? But what fo- I mean, what would Superman be in that world? I mean, could he exist as um, we know him? Well, he'd be a strange visitor from another planet. <sighs> I don't know. With powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. I don't know. It, it wouldn't feel like Superman to me. I'd probably have to go back and just reread all the John Burns just stuff. Just go all the back issues. All, yeah, John Burns reboot. What if uh, it was Superman brought into the Marvel Universe? It wouldn't feel right to me. I mean, And he killed the Sentry. I was going to say, isn't Sentry already yeah. in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the Sentry died or whatever, and, and Superman steps in to take his place. What? It, uh, because to me, in Marvel U, and I'm not a Marvel zombie, right? but Captain America kind of played that role, in my eyes, in Marvel U. I can, I can see that without the powers. Um, now, I, I admittedly, and you know, I'm ashamed of this, I don't read Captain America currently. Yeah. I hear it's awesome. Um, so it's something I hope to catch up on. What if IDW picked up Superman? <laughs> Superman and G.I. Joe, um, Superman and Transformers. Superman and Doctor Who. Superman and Doctor Who. That could be. That could be there something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Superman jumping on the TARDIS. Oh, man. What's up? And then they could take, and he could take him to, to all these alternate universes mm-hmm. where Superman had once existed. And you'd have like a Batman knockoff and a, and a Flash <laughs> knockoff, Green Lantern I, knockoff. I really hope for the fans that it stays at DC. I, I don't see. I don't see how he would be successful at this point. But because honestly, if you take Superman as it was created, um, you're going to go back to the S Shield is not the Seagulls do not own right. Um, the powers would be stripped down back to leaping tall, which may be a good thing. You know, leaping tall buildings in a single bound and using the X-ray vision, which would be also be heat vision. I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm I really 
hope that this is watched through my news venues very well, like yeah. Superman homepage and those kind of places. Yeah, because for sure. I really am interested to see how things go. Well, and you wonder that. how it'll affect stuff like Smallville. And I mean, they're talking about a ninth season for Smallville. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, know. it's already affected Smallville in that years ago, several years ago, DC lost the rights to just publish Superboy hand over mm-hmm. fist. You know, they had to pay so much money to the Siegel and Schuster uh, various estates to to use Superboy, and that's why it's one of the reasons they killed off Connor. Mm-hmm. in Infinite Crisis was to not have to worry about a Superboy anymore. Um, and that's why on Smallville you never hear the term Superboy at all. I, there was a one time in Leech. Was um, it Leech? Oh, yeah, it was. Where, they published a story. Yeah, where they published a story about Superboy. But you never see the character, I guess I would say, of Superboy. And I think um Which is Arthur... weird to me that you would distinguish two different characters. Superboy and Superman as two different characters. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't that, know. That makes no sense to me. But that's no. creative licensing for you. Yes, sir. I feel like we're boring the audience, so let's move forward here. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like we're boring the audience. <laughs> this is the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. They sure the are. I want to get back to your wife. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Right, uh, right. You know, she because we got we got off on Lord of the Rings and Chronicles mm-hmm. Narnia and stuff, and then that led to Watchmen, which led to Superman, which leads back to your wife. <laughs> um, she is an so she's an enabler of you as a geek. Yes, essentially. Wow, that's I have, amazing to me. Now I have my own kind of room. Oh, really? And it's nothing like the Steve Star Wars room. Now you've been in the Star Wars I room have, today, and you know you guys, you're missing out. If you it's a mess it. right it's, now. No, I mean, it's awesome. We gotta go get a table. Will you ride with me tonight to go pick up a table? I sure will. Will you help me like set things up? I you sure play will. In the Star Wars room? I sure will. Derek is so mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> You want to go get some crystal while we do that? <laughs> Absolutely. And Clone Wars comes on. Too. Oh, that's true. Nine o'clock. Yeah, we got to be done by then. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's it's so foreign to me. The idea, and we've got a lot of female listeners mm-hmm. to this show. Hello, ladies. Um, but uh, but like most of the guys I meet who are geeks, their wives just kind of put up with it. You know, they don't really enable it. You know, you've got a you've got a wife that'll partake with you, and she will. And we have kind of a reach. Ugh, excuse me, we have kind of a ritual every night where we watch an um, episode of Enterprise. Oh wow! While we eat dinner. Wow. Um, so we're that's a kind of a lame. <laughs> by no, I mean not not making fun of your game. I'm saying, but by Star Trekky standards, mm-hmm. isn't that kind of a lame show to kind um, of pick? To- if I was a Trekkie, yes. You uh, like Enterprise? I though. am an Enterprise fan. Is yeah. it because of? Uh, because of Sam Beckett, it sure is. Dr. I mean, that Sam plays Beckett. a role. I mean, that was the What's initial his real hook. name. Uh, David. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Scott, Scott Bakula. Bakula. Yeah. I was thinking Dracula. I know it's something about Dracula. Um, <laughs> Scott Bakula. Yes. <laughs> is it because of him? It, that was the initial hook, and and now we and like you trip, trip and, and now take we a shower. And man, your wife needs to really keep a leash on she you. She does. She thinks Tapole is hot. Too. Oh wow! Or to Paul, now, even. Do you, does your wife have any good-looking friends that would kind of be similar to her that are single? That in her taste? Um, no. <laughs> That's all we need to know, ladies. <laughs> now, Dave, as you know, well, before we move forward to that, I, I want to say this: if you live in the Greenville, South Carolina area, this is totally off-topic of what we're talking about, but that's fine. If you live in the Greenville, South Carolina area. I want to invite you to uh, a place called Riverside Baptist Church on February 15th, Sunday night. Um, I believe it 
it starts around six o'clock. I'm going to be speaking there, and uh, and and I, for for lack of a better appearance, it's a big honking Steve live appearance. Um, I'd love to have you show up, and and I know it's a church setting. You don't have to. This is a real. I've spoken here before. Very laid back. You can come jeans, t-shirt, come as you are, kind of thing. So it's not like you've got to get dressed up and be ready for church. Um, but I will be speaking, and I would love to. When things are said and done, you come up and say, "Hey, the only reason I'm here is because I listen to Geek Out Loud." I mean, I'd be like, "Sorry, God," um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love that's February fifteenth. If you're in the Greenville area, you're welcome to come out, and and would love to meet you. And maybe we could go. I'll be I'll be around Greenville that whole week. Um, in fact, there's a comic book store that my friend and I frequent when we're there and stuff so i mean i'll be around i might even go back to twittering a little bit i haven't twittered i twitter once every three days right now literally now explain to me what this twitter is twitter is the devil <laughs> I hate twitter twitter is a, a service it's like if you have a facebook uh-huh. and you have the status updates on facebook that's basically what twitter is it's a status update and you have people who would be your friends or followers and they have a feed that shows what everybody that they follow is doing. Um, and then you also see, you know, what everyone that you follow is doing. And so um, there are people who get in conversations on it and stuff. And and I just, I've never liked it, but I couldn't stop tweeting. Over the past few weeks, I've kind of stopped because I've really been trying to pay more attention to real life lately mm. uh, for various reasons. And, um, and, and so... About every three days, I'm I'm what tweeting now, which is when you actually write something on Twitter and post it. Uh, but I will tweet that week while, where I'm at, and maybe if you're up that way and you want to get together for a cup of coffee or something, because that's how we met, Dave. We hung out at Dragon Con. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that was a good time. So I, for some reason, I don't want to talk to you online and tweet, but if you want to meet me in person, that's great. That's cool. Uh, I totally trust you to go have coffee with you, <laughs> even if you're a crazy killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which brings me to the next point. Speaking of guest appearances and live appearances, when are you guys going to have me back on the Vortex? Um, we're actually doing Attack of the Clones in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah. Um, if you can't make that, we'll be doing Revenge of the Sith after that at some point. Well, of course. That's the order um, in which they come. Yeah. And and now, as I said, and, and for you guys who don't know, we have a, kind of a co-host sometimes, Jeffrey. Um, he's 13 years old. He's never seen any of the Star Wars movies. He's digging them, isn't and he? he is loving them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, and he that is excites a, me. And he is a huge sci-fi fan. So it's just beyond me how he missed. To Star listen Wars. to the Vortex and listen to Jeffrey on the Vortex, Jeffrey, t- when you told me he was 13, it blew my mind. He is such a well-spoken 13-year-old. Um, even with the stuff he posts in the forums, he is a very well-spoken kid. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so I was very impressed. I mean, seriously, you're smiling at me because you know the Zero the Hut comment I made. But um, you, you're <laughs> but uh, but but he is very well spoken. And when it comes to the discussions you guys have had about Doctor Who and other sci-fi stuff, I mean, even the uh, the board conversation mm-hmm. you guys had on about Star Trek, he just knew his stuff. I mean, and he was on top of it. And it wasn't like your typical 13 year old kid who no. I mean, I work with kids, so right. I love them, but um. 
But, you know, sometimes a 13-year-old gets excited about something and they can be a little obnoxious about it. He's not at all. He's very he's very intelligent and well-thought in the comments he makes. So I was very surprised when you told me he was 13. Yeah, he's very, he's very uh, mild-mannered. Yeah, he's Clark Kinnish. Clark yeah, Kinnish, huh? um, but, uh, but you're on the Vortex. I've been on there with you guys one time before talking Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You guys did Phantom Menace without me. You realize that the chicks from the Sheik Geek podcast are trying to step on that, don't you? I hear that they're doing the monthly Star Wars talks or something like that's that. That's what we're trying to work out. So, you know. Well, you know, how about uh, throwing a bone my way, maybe? And, <laughs> and I could come on and... Listen, yeah, you can come on and talk about how Dooku's not bad. How he's not really evil. We can't, we can't, we can't start this. Even season. though he has taken the name Darth, which is a Sith title. Wow, they say it one time. I don't have to say it more than that. He is who he is. So I can't, I can't help it if he's a Darth, you know? It's not, it's none of my business. I think um, he's just tragic, man. He just kind of fell from grace, and he's trying to. He knows it's not right. No, <laughs> I don't buy that one bit. All right, all right. I, I, Darth Vader is a more tragic, has fallen from grace, and knows it's wrong character than Dooku. Well, he did show sympathy when talking about Qui Gon, and I thought that. Well, was... Of course, he showed sympathy. He was trying to win Obi Wan over. So you don't think he was really upset about it? I don't think he cared one way or the other. I, now, when did he I, go no, he to the dark side? Have, he might have cared a little bit, but I don't think that... Because I, I, I just wondered if that was the point where he went over to the dark that side. That might have been what pushed Qui-Gon him to the killed. dark side, was the death of Qui-Gon. And the Even fact, though a Sith killed him. And the Council's unwillingness to listen to Qui-Gon and that sort of thing. Maybe, maybe very well, it could have been. Yeah. You know, Could have been another Cause, fault of the Jedi Council. Because that movie took place, what, ten years after uh, Phantom Menace. Right. Um... They, they invoke the name of sifo who was killed some 10 years prior to Attack of the Clones, so right around the time of the end of Phantom Menace. Um, Tyrannus went and recruited or hired the um, Kaminoans to make the clones under the name sifo some 10 years prior. But he recruited Django as Tyrannus on the moons of Bogda, um, and uh, some ten years earlier. So yeah, right around that time, he might have full on embraced it. Yeah, I don't I, know. you get the idea that maybe he'd been courted even before then. Yeah. So yeah, you know, to, to turn around and go. But anyhow, Dave, would you say uh, you've 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 seen the Star Wars room? You've uh, we've had in depth discussions about Star Wars. You've heard me on the Vortex. You've heard me on Sheet Geek. Um, how would you gauge my Star Wars fandom, just as someone on the outside looking in? Um, personally, I would refer to you if I had any EU questions. I don't even need to read the EU books. Yeah, yeah. I just call you. Sure. If I sure. need any character study, right? And I don't. And like I don't that, profess to be a big EU. No, but you just know. Available. You just know. So, okay. It doesn't have to be an EU. <clears throat> all Star Wars. Let's say you had a podcast that was nothing but Star Wars. Let's say that you were the official podcast of two of the biggest Star Wars sites on the web, theforce.net and rebelscum.com. Let's just say that's what they were called for the sake of argument. And let's say for the sake of argument, you called your podcast the Forcecast. Would you invite me on? Absolutely. This, uh, thank you. Dave Jones gets it. I don't know why Jimmy Mack and, uh, and, and Jason and Dan and the guys, I don't know why they hadn't got it yet. I don't know. They're missing I don't know the... if they're not hearing from the people. Yeah. I don't know if they're just ignoring the people. I don't know if the people are emailing. Um, basically, we've, we've started a campaign in the past few months on this show, as you know, to get Steve on the Force cast. 
And, uh, and and I guess I'm just looking for some type of confirmation that that's somewhere I belong. You know, I'm not asking for a full-time guest host because Lord knows I don't think I could handle that. But just, you know, sit in on one of the round tables, that sort of thing. I think it'd you be know, great. I, I think you'd add a lot to it. I think it'd be great. I yeah. think they'd add a lot to me. Especially if you were recording from the Star Wars room. And you'd have, oh, like, visual man. aid. Oh, as you, yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be it. Yeah. It'd be it. So. Well, how about tomorrow night? And if this doesn't sell them on anything, I don't know it will. Tomorrow night, you're leaving tomorrow afternoon Yes, from my home. When you leave, I'm going to head over to Douglas, Georgia, which is about 30 minutes away, and hook up with some friends who are throwing their son a Star Wars birthday party in February. The reason they're asking me to come is I'm bringing them some models and stuff so that they can see how to build a ship for the kids to kind of take pictures in and act like they're riding around in. We're, we're trying to track down people with costumes. If you're in this area at all, and I don't know that I've got any Georgia listeners down in the southeast portion of Georgia, but if you listen to this and you're a member of like the 501st or you've got some straight-up costuming stuff going and you've got a Saturday where you can come entertain some kids, we'd love to have you. Um, but I'm going there tomorrow night to plan that because they're looking at me like, this is the Star Wars guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Paolo calls me the Star Wars guy, you know. I don't know what it's going to take. Do you have any suggestions? I just, I don't know. They just need to wake up over there. Do you have, I mean, let's say that you were talking to Jimmy Mack and Jason of the Force cast. What would you tell them? I'd say go listen to episode 16 of Geek Out Loud. Episode 16 was a great Star Wars episode. Absolutely. It, it's the, it was until this past week the most downloaded episode ever of Geek Out Loud. Rightfully so. Yeah, it's, it's now been surpassed, and I think that's because it's out of the iTunes library because for some reason my feed archives things after 10 episodes ours does the same and so and i don't know how to change that but you can find you can find the the episode at geekoutpodcast.com www.geekoutpodcast.com and if you have any trouble with that you can go to the geek out forums and ask Steve personally that's geekoutpodcast.com forward slash forums and it's so you can email me at geekoutonline at gmail.com and find hey how do i listen stuff i'll send you a link you know, and so, uh, but no, I, Jason, G. Mike, I know you listen. You just haven't said you do. And uh, I'd love to, I'd love to come on the show. I, I don't think that I'd enhance it necessarily, but I think that I would definitely bring something to the table. I think I can carry a conversation. Come on, Jimmy Mac, y'all give a Z-list uh, celebrity a chance. Well, I don't even. I think I'm a double A list. I'm, I'm beyond the Z. I'm once you rotate on back around the alphabet. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but anyhow. Well, we have rambled on now for long enough, and this is this is not why you listen to Geek Out Loud. You don't listen to Geek Out Loud to hear me ramble. You listen to Geek Out Loud because we always take it to the people. And so we are going to do so now. We're going to look at your emails. comes from Frank. He says, hey man, word on the street is that you got an Xbox for Christmas. Have you played Mortal Kombat versus DCU yet? I know you're more of a Marvel man like myself. However, this game rocks. Also, I was wondering if you are getting an Xbox Live account and what games do you have thus far? Um, thanks for the awesome Christmas episode. No, thank you for listening to the awesome Christmas episode. After listening to Pepe's rendition of Merry Christmas Baby in the background, I rushed home from work, hit up iTunes, and had a dance party with my wife to the, another geek with a wife, uh, to the vocal stylings of the prawn. 
I hope that your holidays are very merry and filled with much cheer. And that comes from Bo. He calls himself Bo, not Frank. Uh, and he says, uh, keep hope alive, brother. May the force cast soon be with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Bo. Yeah. Bo? Bo knows. Xbox. Um, I did get an Xbox for Christmas. I have not played Mortal Kombat versus DCU yet. Have you played that at all? I haven't, but it, just from seeing uh, Captain Marvel in it. Makes Captain me Marvel in it? Yeah. Wow. The commercials. I'm not good at fighting games. I'm not either. I'm, you know, and, and everyone that's talked to me about Xbox, they've heard me say I'm not good at first-person shooter games either. I'm really not. I need a platformer or an RPG, something slow, something that I can see all around me. I've been playing The Force Unleashed. Absolutely loved it. I'm playing through for the second time. It is an amazing, amazing game. Now, are there, like, uh, multiple endings to there that? There are. That's why I'm playing through again to get mm-hmm. to, and go back and do the, and, and watch the multiple ending, uh, or the alternate ending, rather. Um, I'm going to... Spoiler alert. This game has now been out for how long? Quite some time. Several months. <laughs> so here's a spoiler alert for you. The story in this game is a freaking amazing. I mean, it, it's been said to be canon, much like Shadows of the Empire was several years ago, back in the 90s when it came out. Basically, you play as a secret apprentice picked up by Darth Vader to hunt down remaining Jedi. Uh, one guy is a guy named General Coda. Uh, one little dude is a little junk dude. He's, he's, I can't remember his name, but he's a crazy Jedi. Like, he's building himself a Jedi temple out of junk, and he's got, like, all these uh, statues of Jedi masters built out of junk. Apparently, on one of the game systems, you actually have to fight some of those junk Jedi masters, you know, to in the boss fight with this guy. I did not on the Xbox. Um, Shock T is mm-hmm. still alive, and you have to go to Felucia to face her, which was just a... At the end of every fight, there's, like, a, almost a cinematic where you have to press the right button and it'll do another part of the cinematic for you. An amazing ending to that fight, right around like a giant Sarlacc pit kind of thing. Oh, wow. It's just, it is amazing. Um, in, uh, and then once you've killed Shock T, I'm going through the story here, so you want to get forward about two minutes. Once you've killed Shock T, you go back to Vader, and the Emperor has tracked you to Vader, and Vader kills you in front of the Emperor. And then he just slings your carcass all over the, the, the bridge of the Star Destroyer and then out the window. It's in the Super Star Destroyer as it's being built. You're in, it's under construction. Slings you out the window. And the, and the Emperor laughs. By the way, Sam Witwer, who plays Doomsday on Smallville, mm-hmm. is the secret apprentice in The Force Unleashed. Not only that, he does the Emperor in The Force oh, Unleashed. Wow. When we get back to the house, you need to hear him do the Emperor. I'll, I'll put on the cinematic and let you hear. He sounds a lot like Ian McDermott. I was very impressed very cool. with Sam Witwer. So that makes me really anxious to hear him speak as Doomsday because apparently the guy can do some stuff with his voice, which is outstanding. But um, he, uh, he, he, you come back a lot. You come back online. Basically, Darth Vader sent his little chopper droids out to pick you up once you're in space, and he's put you back together. You know, in other words, you, so you get the idea you may be infused with some Vader-like bionics. And he tells you, you can no, you no longer exist. And everything you do now is going to have to be done in utmost secrecy. So I want you to round up some dissidents and rebels and form an alliance against the Emperor to distract him against what we're going to do. So now you're kind of doubting Vader. The, your character's kind of doubting what's going on. And he starts to round up Bell Organa. He goes to Kashyyyk and saves Leia Organa. Um, he... Uh, 
he gets all these people together to form the Rebel Alliance. And as they're having their first meeting to decide whether or not to officially form a rebellion, they're attacked by Vader. And you find out that Vader betrayed you. He just wanted to get all these people in one place or, so that he could turn them over to the Emperor. Then you go and save them on the Death Star, which is being constructed, the first Death Star. Wow. And uh, you have a fight with Vader, which in the end is brutal. And then what, what I've played is the right way, I say the right way, you know, the canon way, is I go and fight the Emperor. And as you get down to the end of that battle, you're basically holding the Emperor off. It's lightning versus lightning. You're holding the Emperor off while the Senators and everything get away. And then you're killed as the Stormtroopers come running in. And... Um, and as Vader and the Emperor are walking out of the throne room, Vader, who has been incredibly battle damaged, you saw the figure in the yes, Star Wars room today. Yes. Uh, he basically says, This rebel alliance that we've formed, you know, he says, You must be relentless, Lord Vader. He said, If any one of these rebels that we've allowed to, you know, come into existence survives, they will be our undoing. So Vader and the Emperor are responsible for forming the Rebel Alliance. That's huge, man. Yeah, yeah. That is huge. But I have loved The Force Unleashed, and it has not been a burden to go back and play again. It's Like, you need to pick it up and play it. I read the graphic novel. Yeah. It was written by Hayden Blackman. Okay. Who wrote the game. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And I loved it. Now, it's not as in-depth as what you just said. So I'm hoping to get the novel and read it as well. Sure, sure. But well, I've heard the no I've got a kid in my group that's been reading the novel, and he said it's just outstanding. Oh man! He said it's out there's one level on that game where you have to bring a star destroyer down, and you're using force power to do it, and you're having to oh, got it down. Man. Oh my gosh, it oh. was out. Because I thought that was just like a promo shot right. when he does that, like that commercial. But you're literally, that's part of the game. You're bringing this. I'm using my hands. No one else can see me but you. But you're literally bringing this thing down. It's amazing. It is so awesome. I just love that it's canon also. I mean, that's yeah. like, Heck yeah. that's huge. Yeah, it, it, it really is a big deal. This one comes from Rachel uh, from up in Marietta. Oh. Well, hello, Rachel. Hello. We're in Georgia. Um, <laughs> Rachel actually sent me uh, a, an audio comment, um, which... I will play right now. I'm going to read uh, her email now just to kind of get a gist of, of what she's saying and give David a gist because just to pull back the curtain, um, we didn't hear anything just then. Uh, <laughs> I have listened to it, though. Uh, she says, I recorded the attached comments in the car while listening to your Christmas episode. Hopefully, you'll be able to open the file and hear them because the recording captures the tone more than an email. I apologize for the quality. The reason she sent the recording was because she didn't want me to think she was, like, ripping me another one here. Um, it, she says, if not, the gist of it is why do you have to choose between Star Wars and Star Trek? Okay. Uh, this will be good. Why not just appreciate them both for what they are? Very different universes with good storytelling, each in their own right. Dave, um, you like both Star Star Wars and Star Trek, so I you do. don't choose between the two. No. Gun to your head, you've got to choose Star Wars or Star Trek. Which Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Good. Are you just saying that because you're on this show right now? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I'm the same way. You wouldn't even have to put a gun to my head. I'd be like, Shh, we can burn Star Trek for all I care. Um. Here's the thing, is, is Rachel, I totally understand where you're coming from. They, I like Star Trek. It's, I'm not a TV fan of Star Trek. I'm more of a movie guy when mm -hmm. it comes to Star Trek. The thing is, is the last two movies are very forgettable to me. I've seen Insurrection twice that I know of. I wow, watched you, Nemesis. 
You watched it more than I did. I sir. watched Nemesis. I might have watched it twice. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I watched Nemesis once. I don't remember either of them really well, other than the invisible things being shot out of the sky and Worf saying, "Perhaps today is a good day to die," <laughs> you know, or "I'm feeling aggressive, sir." And I don't remember Nemesis at all. I just remember watching Nemesis and being like, I really am not. Well, they had the. This. That's when they had the evil clone of Picard. And it didn't look anything like Picard. Didn't look, didn't look like him. Which now, I what's cool was about Nemesis, if you want to watch the last 30, 45 minutes, yeah. it's nothing but space battle the oh, entire that's time. Cool. Yeah. I, see, I don't even remember the space battle. Yeah. Love First Contact, though, by the way. First Contact's good. Oh, my gosh. That is an amazing movie. And it actually, and we talked about this on the Vortex, it actually kind of picks up the pieces from some of the Borg episodes from Next Gen. Um, Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. Picard gets turned into Yeah, well, I mean, he opens up with that flashback. Right. And he knows the Borg are coming. Right. Um, I was a Voyager fan. I like Star Trek Voyager. I, I'll say fan. I like Star Trek Voyager. And I maintain that Voyager had the best uh, finale series finale of any of the seri- of any of the shows. You disagree with that. I'm going to have to go next gen. See, next gen was so it was just a to me there's a singularity. <laughs> That's uh, why wasn't anyone believe me number 1? But it wasn't like I'm going to have to ask you to trust me <laughs> even a, though you've never served with me. That's a really good Picard by you, the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was here. It was here. That's, I mean, that's 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 in Q, and I, I like Q that's for what, what he is. To me, it makes it full circle. Right, because I understand the first that it brought started, it full circle. Yeah, that's that's why I like. I understand. It. I understand that. I, I just did the story wise though has nothing on, and I'm an action guy. I'll admit it has nothing on Janeway from the future. You think she has betrayed everybody, and then she gets in there and implants that virus in the board, and. Oh my gosh, as they're coming out of the, 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 the subspace warp tunnel thing into the right quadrant of the galaxy where all the ships are there to take them out, and and they come out of the Borg ship as it explodes, what a way to end! Yeah. That was, I mean, touchdown. It's good. Touch, my hands are up in the touchdown <laughs> call. Touchdown, Voyager. I think my problem with Voyager and the end, the finale... The time travel used in Star Trek is always shaky with me. And this oh, is coming well, from now listen, this on. is coming from a Doctor Who fan where you just have to forget about it because there's paradox all over the place. Well, you what do we what do we say you do with your paradox? <laughs> embrace you it. You embrace the paradox. You embrace it. Yeah. You embrace it. But I see what you're saying. I, the Janeway from the future uh, probably should have faded away much like uh, Marty McFly in, in Back to the Future. Once she changed that future, changed the course of that future. Why did she die on that ship? Why didn't she just disappear from existence? Um, you know what? I'm learning that if you're there, you're there. <laughs> uh, they don't. They don't do the Back to the Future rules of time yeah. travel. I tell you this though, I, I just love that one. I love it so That's much. Good. But you want to talk about mess, mucking with time travel? I mean, all good things didn't muck with time travel. It did, but it also. That's the series finale of Next Gen, by the way. Right. I think that what it was doing was going through in and out of his own lifespan. So he would he would appear in, when he was older. So it was a quantum leap kind of thing is what leap. you're saying. Yes. Or uh, like Desmond on Lost for yeah. any Lost fans out there. Just, it's more... But it, then he goes all the way back to the primordial soup, sir. <laughs> that's not in his lifespan. No, I'm just saying... I mean, that's kind of... It kinda, was hair number one! <laughs> 
Number one, if I told you Wolf's head looked like a fanny, would you would you join me in a chuckle? A little Sean Connery yeah. in there. Yeah, that's that was, okay. I did get a little Sean that's Connery right. in there. That's okay. I? I did get a little Sean. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. Sorry, no, Sean. no, that's good. But I, I, I like Rachel's, Penny. I like Rachel's email. I do. Yeah. Well, so far, well, I see what you're saying, Rachel. My thing is, is that as a, as a lifetime Star Wars devotee, I am obligated to not like Star Trek as much. Um, <laughs> and I don't. I mean, I genuinely do not enjoy Star Trek the way I enjoy Star Wars. And I don't know that I agree with very good storytelling on both fronts. I think that I, I think that there is something about Star the story of Star Wars that they did in six films that is so much deeper and richer than even the overarching story of all the Star Trek series. You know, Star Trek is very humanist in its approach to reality, whereas Star Wars is very spiritual in its approach to reality. And I think that that the depth of spiritualism and the and the richness of the mythology of Star Wars lends itself to more of a peeling away of layers than even Star Trek does. And I know I'll get hate mail because I just said no, what I, I said. No, I mean, but. I agree with what you're saying. I think... I think the issue maybe it's it's hard to compare them because there was all the TV shows and it is and, you know and, and Star and Trek was the original I mean Star Trek showed that that this can work and we can do something like this I mean it, you know George Lucas even in his when he received the Scream Award yep. he thanked Star Trek right so you know it, that stung I'm not gonna lie to you that stung <laughs> when he did well that, that was the maker. man man he I admitted know, it you know I know when the maker said it it stung yeah Rachel goes on to say on another note I was thrilled to hear that you'll have a Doctor Who episode coming up oh wow. Voila. Uh, you really should catch up on the current incarnation before then. Fail. Well, we know uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Uh, my Doctor Who story is this. I first heard about Doctor Who when it was premiering on the Sci-Fi Channel in the U.S. Yes, I was apparently living in a cave. You and me both, Rachel. Um, I watched the first couple of episodes, thought it was just about the silliest thing I'd ever seen, and vowed never to watch it again. Then about a year later, I mistakenly watched a standalone episode on BBC America called Blink. Oh, Wow. Okay, not knowing it was Doctor Who at first, I thought, holy crap, I have to give this show a second chance. I watched a few more episodes, got hooked, put the previous seasons in my Netflix queue. Now I'm on to Torchwood, which Dave kind of makes a face at. He grimaces. Regarding your comments about the depth of emotion shown by Christopher Eccleston versus David Tennant, you really need to watch all the episodes to judge. Personally, I think David Tennant displays way more shades of gray between the silly and the serious, and you really should see Doomsday, The Family of Blood, Silence in the library. David's not not nodding all these. He forgets. He forgets it's not a video podcast. I am. Yes. And other episodes with more more serious material. Regards. That's from Rachel in Marietta, Georgia. So Rachel, um, Dave, you know, uh, we'll talk about Eccleston versus Tennant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, do you agree with Rachel? What she had Um, to say. I think. I think it's hard when you you know whatever doc the, the usually. The theory is whatever doctor you start with is your doctor. Yeah. Um, so if you start with Eccleston, it's probably going to be Eccleston. That's um, kind of the rule, isn't it? That the, the doctor right. you know first is your doctor. Now that being said, so had I started with like Bob Dylan or whoever it was, what was his name back in the day? Bob Dylan's not. That's <laughs> William Hartnell. Bob Dylan's tangled up in blue. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, I'm sorry. William Hartnell was the first doctor. Okay, yes. William Hartnell. So if I start with William Hartnell, he might be my doctor. Or wasn't there a Tom Bombadil or something? What was Tom his Baker? Name? Tom Baker is the, is like everyone's favorite. Yes. Well, in okay. America, well, yeah. elsewhere too, but America, he's really popular. Yeah. Um, he's made appearances on The Simpsons even. Oh wow! Wow. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, you get all serious when you start talking to Doctor Who, by the way. Sorry, man. You're like, That's... yes, he made appearances on The Simpsons as himself and Doctor Who at the same time. It's and amazing. he ate 100 tacos when <laughs> he was watching it. <laughs> Dope. Okay, well, I mean, so, but we'll get into, we'll get into yeah, some we of that will. a little bit. Yeah, we will. Um, this one comes from Rich, also known as Pepsi Rich. He says, hey, BH Steve, I always consider myself a geek, but I think you may have me beat. Some of you, that is. I was turned on to the 10th Wonder podcast by a friend a few weeks back, and I'm now listening to Shoe and Goal as well. You do a great job, and I've been listening to your voice for several hours a day, every day, trying to catch up. Rich, I am so sorry, sir. I just listened to the 380s podcast today, and I'm curious about one thing. Am I the only one who remembers a failed show from the 80s called The Powers of Matthew Starr? In this room, yes, you are, Rich. <laughs> was almost identical story to Superman. A teenager from another planet was sent to Earth due to the war on their world called Quadrus. He was a prince and expected to save the universe in time from all baddies out there and then return home. Wow. Of course, he had several powers and some unique ones, too. Uh, if you get some time, uh, you might want to check it out. He had lots of potential but never got past season one. Then obviously he didn't have much potential. Anywho, loving the geekiness, and now I'm addicted to all, thanks to all you dedicated geeks. Keep up the good work. Your newest devoted listener, Rich. Rich, I have never heard of the powers of Matthew Starr. I will YouTube that thing and yeah, see sounds what we cool. can find out. I, like, I, it doesn't even ring a bell No, it doesn't to me. This one comes from Jonathan. He says, Dear Steve, I want to let you know you're doing a great job. I've started listening to you, and I'm loving every minute of it. I can't remember if I told you this, but my Star Wars story started when I was five years old, back in 1985 when my mom and I moved to Alabama. The babysitter I stayed with when my mom worked had only one movie, and that movie was Empire Strikes Back. I watched it and loved it so much that every time I went there, that's all I watched. I want to say also that I love the original trilogy over the new trilogy, which is a common reaction to most people who grew up in the 80s and that sort of thing. Yep. Attack of the Clones is good, except for the scenes with Padme and Anakin on Naboo. Oh, uh, and then Jonathan says, I love the Twilight series because I was told by my cousin about it, and I wasn't expecting a lot with the first book, but when I got halfway through the first book, I started liking it so much it took me just a week to read all four books and now seeing the movie. Now I'm hooked. David, what's your take on... I'm sorry. Um, my wife loves the Twilight series. Okay, okay. But I have a hard time grasping how you can like Twilight but not like Padme and Anakin scenes in Attack of the Clones. Wow. Just, I'm, I'm not saying that... We, you know, let me tell you who's going to respond to that. Jen from the forums. All right. She's going to respond big time to I, that. Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Twilight. Right. I'm just saying I can't understand because it's essentially a have romance. Have you read Twilight? I have not. Okay, okay. I, just between me and you, have you read Twilight? No, sir. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more time. Have you read Twilight? two pages okay <laughs> um i read the description of the book because i started noticing a lot of people into it and i said maybe this is something i need to check out for myself i read the description of the book and i was like there's no way as a man i'm gonna read this is that kind of what happened to you as you got two pages in um I think I was just distracted. I mean, I got a lot of stuff for Christmas, Star Wars related. Yeah, and that yeah. always you comes did. first. You got some cool stuff, by the way. Um, and my wife got the Twilight. It comes in a slip case, so it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And, and she says, you know, you can try this. Um, she doesn't know that I like it, so that right. leads me to believe I won't. Um, but you know, I, I'll I'll give anything a shot, man. I'll read the first chapter at least. I'm I just. But I, I, 
the point here is that how can you enjoy Twilight, which is essentially a love story, and and just loathe the scenes between Padme and Anakin? I, just, I can't bring myself to even get into Twilight. I mean, I just can't do it, especially now. I mean, I, I just it's like. I mean, I've got so much going on, geeky-wise as it is, I, and I don't need to add something else, not could, to mention something that's meant for the females. Could it be something you pick up like five years from now and read, maybe? I doubt it. After all the hype's over I with? seriously doubt it. You know, I got into Harry Potter in the midst of the seventh book coming out, like between the sixth and seventh book. By the time I started Harry Potter, I, I saw I was I was washing clothes one day, saw the movie on TV, saw them run through a wall, and I was hooked on Harry Potter. Um, serious business. I mean, that's really what hooked me, was them running through a wall of the train station. And I got the first book, read it really quickly because it's written for kids, mm-hmm. uh, read the second book, read through the third book. I got the fourth book, absolutely was at this point hooked on Harry Potter. Um, at that point in my life, I had only seen that first movie and the third movie. Rented Goblet of Fire because that's the fourth book. Loved it so much. I rented the movie to check it out. Was so disappointed in the movie Harry Potter because I love that fourth book so much. It's the first time I have ever really read a book and then been disappointed intensely by the movie on which which it was or the, the movie that was that based itself on the book there because they took away so much that I thought mm-hmm. was integral to the story. So it wasn't what was there. It was what wasn't. It there. was it was okay. exactly what wasn't there. Um, Read the fifth book, struggled through the fifth book, but can I tell you, I loved the movie Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I think it made the book a better book because I think they played up what was important in the book in Order of the Phoenix. Sixth book flew through, and by and so I was ready when the rest of the world was ready for the seventh book. Like it, within under, under a few months' time, I read all six of those books. Absolutely loved it, and I was, and that's when the hype was going on. It's yeah. not about the hype. It's not about me trying to be a rebel. It's about me being a man. Right. And and I refuse to trade in my man card for a bunch of vampire werewolf love, and I just can't do it. I, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't even bring myself to go see the movie. So have you had to go see the movie? I have not. My wife wants to go again, but I'm hoping it'll be at least at the Dollar Theater. You need theater. to take your wife to see the I'll movie. I'll go with I mean, she went with her friend who's also right. into the books. Yeah. Um, I usually go with her to that kind of stuff, but they were excited together. Oh, together, good, so. good. I'm glad she had someone to go with. Yeah, That's she's good. got her little geek circle too. Good. Well, you said she didn't have friends that were geeks. Well, they're married. Oh, god. But see, god. like, what's funny is they're closet geeks. <coughs> they're closet geeks to their husbands. Because I'm totally single, ladies. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Ah, uh, this one comes from Matt. Closet geeks to their husbands. Uh, he says, my name is Matt. I'm a 33-year-old geek. Hi, Matt. And I live in Medford, Oregon. I'm also uh, a group counselor for Jackson County Juvenile Detention, and I have to say I love the podcast. I found you and Derek Skynex podcast first. Listen to them all over and over. You guys play off each uh, play so well off each other, I find myself laughing out loud all the time. LOL. But this email is not about Skynex. It's about Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. How about that? I started listening to Geek Out Loud after I heard it mentioned in passing on Skynex. You did not hear it mentioned in passing on Skynex. <laughs> you heard that thing pimped out like I don't know what. Not sure which episode it was. I love it, love it, love it. I have been a geek since always, but I feel I got hardcore in high school when I started collecting comics. I've since quit collecting because I got married and had a beautiful daughter and have never regretted the decision, financial responsibility and all. 
Do you think you'll ever stop collecting comics because of the family situation? Um, if Final Crisis keeps going like it's going, I'll quit but collecting But that's not comics. because of a family situation. <laughs> no, no. My wife's totally enabling okay. it. Okay. It's fine. Uh, I have not completely quit either, but I've changed tactics. Instead of buying from a comic shop, I occasionally go to antique shops. Wow. They've made a few, cool, a few cool purchases that way. My favorite comic hero by far is Batman, so much so that I have not one but two Batman tattoos, one on either shoulder. Hmm. Wow. Tatted up with the bat. I'm not quite caught up on listening to all your Geek Out Loud podcasts. I want to share my top ten favorite superhero movies if it's not too late. Well, it is too late, so we're not going to read it. I'm kidding. Uh, number 10, The Incredible Hulk. Really did not care for the first one, but how can you go wrong with Ed Norton? Way awesome. Number 9, all the Fantastic Four movies. Now, that's a new entry into the top 10s that I haven't heard from listeners before. Because, by and large, a lot of people did not like the Fantastic Four movies. We mentioned a while ago, I really enjoyed the Fantastic Four movies. Did you? I did, yes. Very um, much. And I'm a reader of the Fantastic Four from way back. And so I felt like the spirit of the Fantastic Four was captured in those movies. That's what I did, too. Um, it worries me a bit... Because as much as I love The Dark Knight, it made $500 million. I think a lot of fans like the darker heroes. and, and oh, kinda... I think they do, too. I mean, you can see that in the popularity of Wolverine and the Punisher and those sort of right. things. Right. And so I wonder, you know, are superheroes on the way out? I don't know. I don't think they are. I, I think not. there's always a place for them. And I think that the darker the heroes get, the brighter Superman will shine. I hope uh, so. Number eight, all the Spidey movies. Number seven, Dark Knight, honorable mention because I can. It's my top ten list. Makes no sense. Uh, Superman Returns, but really all the Superman movies. So this is like a top twenty yeah, list. Is what this dude's doing. <laughs> Iron Man, fun movie. Uh, favorite part is the dog fight. I guess that means with the planes there. See, my favorite part is when he like is going after those terrorists. Oh yeah, that's that a really was just good part. awesome. Right before the plane. Situation. That's a really good movie. By uh, number four, Transformers. Don't know. If that's a superhero movie. Um, it could be. How do you feel about Transformers? I liked it. I love. Now I did not see it in the theater, which okay. I think I missed out big time on that. Yeah. But um, me and my wife watched it, and she loved it too. Okay. Yeah, and, I love uh, Transformers. I absolutely love Transformers. I think she's uh, digging on uh, Shia a little bit. Uh, they all are. Yeah. Uh, number three, Batman Forever Returns and Robin. Wow. Wow, Robin. I lump these together because they are Batman movies, and because of this, are automatically in the top three. Each had strong and weak points. Yeah, like Batman and Robin was one big weak point. Find me a strong point in Batman and Robin. I can't. I cannot find I can't, a strong I can't point. finish the movie. I've never John gotten Glover's through the movie. There. I've never gotten through really? the movie. Really? Ever. Hmm. I can't get through it. Um, I think that's why I have a predisposed angst toward George Clooney now. I won't <laughs> go see anything George Clooney's in, and I really think it goes back to Batman and Robin. Uh, in the Batman mythos, but come on, they're Batman movies. Mm. Number two, Batman Begins. Very good. Number one, The Dark Knight. Again, he mentioned Dark Knight. And then he says, OML, which I can only think means, oh my lanta. <laughs> what an amazing movie. If you ever want to sit and talk about what it takes to play Batman and the Joker, I would love to be a guest on your show. People don't write in asking to be a guest. No, seriously, Matt, that's cool. Um, keep up the great work. You have a listener for life. Not anymore after I just dog you. <laughs> and I'm glad to be part of your community. You're not part of my community, Matt Kruger. You are part of the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. And this is not my community. This is your community. This, I try to gear this for the listeners, Dave. I mean, this is why we're doing Doctor Who today. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Doctor Who, I do have a few more emails, but we'll get those next time. Dave, uh, Chris, Colin, uh, Craig, 
E.T. Wow. E.T. phoned him. He phoned you. Uh, and Anna in Indiana. Hello, Anna. Um, we'll get to you guys' emails on the next show. Uh, but right now, Dave, let's talk some doctors. Okay, Dave, here's the thing, and let's let's just go ahead and, and put this out there. A few months ago, I got an email from one of our listeners. She's on the forums named Mars Dweller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars asked me to look into Doctor Who, and I actually emailed back and forth with her a couple of times. I think I responded to one of her emails on the show, and she said, you really should get into Doctor Who. Uh, a few weeks months after that maybe a few weeks after that i was talking to one of my friends casey who's a new listener of the show what's up casey hey casey up in south carolina um and she was like you really should listen to or you should watch doctor who and she begins telling me about it and i'm like well you know it's i guess that's pretty cool i guess you know so i'm watching I'm, I get on Netflix, mm-hmm. which you can start your two-week fr- free trial by going to Netflix.com. Really? Starkville, yeah. Um, and uh, they have Doctor Who episodes there. I actually want to say that somehow I came into possession of some Christopher Eccleston episodes before I ever got on Netflix. Wow. I want to say that we may have to take my hard drive home with me tonight so that we might want to, in case we want to watch that seat, because I totally forgot that I may have the entire first season of Doctor Who sitting on my hard drive right now, um, of that Christopher Eccleston season. So I began to watch some Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and I found that I really enjoy the show. Now, I don't know that I'll ever be a Hooniac or whatever you guys call Whovian. yourselves, Hoovian. Hoovian. Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever be a Hoovian, but it is an engaging television show. It really is a neat television show. What is. Doctor Who. Um, it's basically about this. Uh, and my co-host Sammy has said this before on our podcast at the Vortex Um, <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> that um, he's like a cosmic hobo. Um, he's got his time machine, TARDIS, um, time and relative dimension in space. Um, Is that what that means? Yes. Time and relative dimension in space. Dimensions in space. Dimensions. Yes. yes. What space. a weird name for a ship. Yes. Um, his granddaughter, Susan, I believe, coined the phrase back in um, the first incarnation, or we believe to be the first incarnation of the Doctor. Um, and it's just kind of him traveling throughout the galaxy, um, throughout all different time periods throughout the galaxy. And just and having adventures. Having adventures. Hmm. He's, he's very, uh, you know, I don't know if you've read any Sherlock Holmes before. He's very much like that in that, he loves a mystery. He loves any kind of. He does kind of. He does I mean, kind of seem to light up when he realizes there's something afoot. Yes, because yeah. he wants to be in the middle of that, and that's also what makes him so dangerous at times. Is that he's got these companions with him, that he's always throwing them into harm's way. Now, okay, let's let's stop there. What is Doctor Who? What what is he? Um, the Doctor. Yeah, is a Time Lord. Okay. So I say Doctor Who. Right. I, it is he calls himself the Doctor. Um, yeah, but on the credits, I, say, I think it says Doctor Who. I'm not sure if it okay. does anymore, but I know yeah. it does in that first series in, back in the day. Yeah. Um, 
what is he? He's a Time Lord. What a is time a Time Lord? lord? Um, they're an alien race. Um, they come from a planet called Gallifrey. And basically, they kind of police time, but they do it from afar where, I mean, you're not really supposed to get involved with time streams unless right, something right, goes right, wrong. Right. Um, much like in Father's Day episode in season one, me and you talked about, where the uh, Reaper showed up and yeah, were eating yeah, yeah. away everything. Yeah. In the past, the Time Lords would have stopped something like that from happening and repaired time without, you know, without the Reapers having to come in and... He mentioned something like that in yes. that show. He's like, if they were still around, we would have stopped. Yes. Now, we didn't see this very much in the old series, or at least I haven't yet. Um, huh. The Time Lords seem to be real pompous, and, and the Doctor's kind of an outcast. I mean, he basically, he's in some ways a fugitive from mm-hmm. his planet. Mm-hmm. Um, he, met, he mentions in the first episode that he's in exile. Um, he and his granddaughter Susan are exiles. And, and in the first episode to which no, you're I'm referring sorry, is the, way uh, back yes, in the 60s. Yes, the okay. very beginning, the pilot okay. episode. Has uh, over the now, let, and let's stop right there. This is a this is a series, and I, it's, and you Whovians out there are like duh, you know the thing is is we got a lot of people who don't watch Doctor right, Who and have never right. seen Doctor Who. The, the Time Lords are an alien race, as you said. Um, uh, that's not what I was saying. I was saying this. This is a show that started back in the '60s on BBC over in over in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um. And has continued on and off, right, until today. Yes. Now, obviously, the same person who started as Doctor Who is not now some <laughs> 45 years later playing no. Doctor Who. No, he's not. There have been how many incarnations of Doctor Who? Um, we're on our 10th. And then this next guy coming up will be the 11th. 11th, okay. yes, Matt Smith. Um, did did they start out saying that there'd be different doctors, or did they say um, no? After there was a new doctor, they say, "Oh, well, here's how we're going to explain this." I believe that's how it came to be. Um, William Hartnell was getting old, and I mean, he was an older man. Yeah, um, and he was uh, kind of notorious for forgetting his lines. And, really, and, and the show was on such a shoestring budget that they couldn't do a lot of retakes. So at oh, times, wow. you can see him fluffing his lines. Is what they said. Really, and. Um, he just kind of become real sick and, and feeble a little bit. That is intriguing to me to, yeah. to see a man fluff his lines and they don't no, go I mean, back just, and do a reshoot. A lot of times they had to improvise around it, and wow. and you know, I mean, you can kind of go with it that this older guy would get caught up in what he was saying. I mean, he's <coughs> there's a little bit of lunacy in the Doctor character throughout. There the really anyway. is. <laughs> yes. There really is. Yeah. Has there always been that in every incarnation of the Doctor? I the silliness to, that's there to varying degrees. Yes. Um, Who's been the silliest? Uh, it's probably open debate. I mean, Tenet, the current Doctor, the Tenth Doctor. I mean, he he can be really silly. When I watched when I watched Tenet, I, I watched the first episode. Well, I watched the first episode of the second season with Tenet, which New I guess Earth. would be the, thir- yeah. the third season where they go to the moon and he gets oh, a that's, new companion. Um, that's the third season. Okay, yeah, with that's Martha. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, with Martha. Um, when I saw him, I was like, he's trying to be Jack Sparrow. This guy's <laughs> trying to be Jack Sparrow. Is that an is that is uh, that a, is that too harsh a criticism? I mean, is that I and, I, and, so. I, and I don't mean it as a criticism. What I'm saying is is that a lot of his mannerisms, he was very his eyes, especially like he gets the big eyes, you know, and and he probably plays it up a little more than I've seen past doctors do. Yeah. But I, like I say, there, I mean, one doctor had a rainbow colored outfit, basically. Um, really, the sixth doctor, Colin Baker, his coat was hideous. Was he the one that was just in a movie? Which one was just in a movie? Uh, Is there one that was just... Was there a Doctor <laughs> Who movie? 
There was a Doctor Who movie. Okay. Um, back in '96. And was that considered part of the Doctor Who? Yes, movie? he was the eighth Doctor, and he just had that one adventure. And who was that? Paul McGann. Okay. That was not him though. Okay. But he did have a velvet coat in the movie. Oh, okay. Now the one we mentioned a while ago, Tom Baker. Tom Baker, yes, with is the scarf. one that most people know in America. Is yes. that because his series was primarily on PBS? Yes, I mean a lot was, of people saw that one more than anything. I else. would say, and and he had the role for seven years, okay. um, which is the longest any character. Yeah, uh, and any apparently actor longest anyone it. will have it. I mean, because seems that after way. one year, ten and after two, three. And um, as a fan, you get kind of nervous about this kind of stuff because because when they explained the second Doctor, well, they said how many incarnations would he have? They said. Any well, it's thirteen lives, twelve regenerations. Okay, twelve regenerations. So we're getting close to the yes. I mean, if this dude doesn't, if if they hold true to that, what's now, this guy's name who's picking up? Uh, Matt Smith. If Matt Smith decides after six months he don't want to be the doctor, that's a short life. Now, there, now there's ways to do it in the new series, especially with Gallifrey being gone. Yeah. Um, the doctor could have absorbed the other time lord's regeneration. So he could have infinite. He could. I mean, you could N- go nigh on, unto infinite. You could. That's the thing with Doctor Who is that you can just like. Make it up as you go along, which apparently they did throughout the years. <laughs> um, Gallifrey was not even mentioned, I don't believe, until the third Doctor. Oh, wow. Um, you didn't know where he came from. You didn't even really know what his race was You called. thought he might even be human. Was there a chance that he might have been human? Uh, I mean, the mention of him being an alien is there. Okay. Um, time Lord. Time. Well, they didn't, they didn't coin the phrase Time Lord until the end of the second Doctor's reign. Oh, wow. And that's when you first meet the Time Lords in the wow. story called The War Games. So you do see the Time Lords. You do, yes, and they they're not very happy with a doctor when he does okay. that. Okay, but now the time. now at this point in Doctor Who's history, and and I feel like I'm jumping around. I apologize if that's the case no, that's okay. to the listeners. Oh, at wow. this point in the, not to you, <laughs> um, at this point in the Doctor's history, there are no Time Lords, but he. Right. Um, more How or less. did that happen? They had a they had a war um, with the. Do, uh, with the Daleks. Okay. Now, Daleks, for those of you who don't know, are trash cans. <laughs> or pepper pots, is pepper what they pots. call them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they well, they don't sister, look very threatening. Now, my sister sees one of these things. She went to England this past summer, and she says, they had this thing look like R2-D2 over there. Ooh. And I was like, wow, really? Dave's sister, come on. <laughs> come on, Dave's sister. The... Uh, the the Daleks, but they are a brutal. I mean, they're yes. they're like a fearsome foe. They were created the for nothing but destruction. Yeah, and all you had to do was go up the stairs though to get away from them. Um, at one point, yes. Until until the Christopher Eccleston right. season was the one where he learned to fly. They can levitate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, is that true? Do they really just have to get on a higher plane and, and they get away from them? You know, I, did that ever happen in an episode that you've seen? Um, I've seen them run up the stairs away from them. Yes. Now. I don't recall any instances, and I'm sure it happened because I haven't. It's seen, like I don't oh claim. Oh no! <laughs> cannot catch you. I don't claim to have seen every Doctor yeah, Who episode yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Um, the, the Daleks thing is exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. Yes. Okay. They had a war with the Time Lords. The Great Time War. The last Great Time did, War. Did this happen on screen? No. You've got to be kidding no. me. Okay. It drives me insane. I want to put a call out to BBC to team up with some major production company and distributor and let's put the time war on film let's have a let's not even worry about doctor who being a part of it let's just the time war just the time and have the daleks and the time lords duke it out so we can see their total annihilation and then have the doctor show up at the end well as just maybe kind of he was watching well if you if you 
listen to some of the dialogue throughout the four seasons that have aired. Um, the doctor was more or less responsible for what happened. Has um, he revealed how so? Not in so many ways. Okay. Um, but You just get hints dropped here and there. The gist of it is is that he destroyed the Daleks, but he also destroyed the Time Lords when he did it. So, so he saved the universe. But he killed it. I mean, but he killed his people. Yeah. Which, can you... And, ima- and he carries a great... Now, this, and this is where I talk about Christopher Eccleston carrying such a weight, because I think he mentioned something like to that end in the second episode yeah. of his season uh, when they're watching Earth be destroyed or whatever. I think he but he just gets so... Because he, he is so... He's he's taking such joy in everything that's going around. Mm. He's bouncing around, smiling, you know, his breath from my lungs, and, you know, just cutting up. And then all of a sudden someone says something, and he just gets very serious. You know, and then in the episode Dalek, when mm-hmm. he comes and he finds the one Dalek alive, I mean, he goes nuts on that thing. Like, yeah, I was... It's just As a viewer, scary. you're almost more scared of him than you are you the Dalek. You really are. You're point. thinking this guy's is more evil than this. Right. You, you're almost feeling for the Dalek because they've kept it in captivity the way they have. I think what Eccleston did very well was play a shell-shocked show... Blah, blah, blah. I think what Eccleston played very well was play someone who was shell-shocked, yeah. basically. A shell-shocked Eccle- soldier. Yes, a shell-shocked <laughs> soldier. Um, she shares, she shares. I mean, he was a war veteran at that point, yeah. basically. yeah. Um, and so now did this great time war take place between the movie and the series? Okay. Um, so you don't. What you, happened in the movie? I'm in. I'm intrigued by this movie. <laughs> is the movie is the movie total crap? Uh, I'd say most Doctor Who fans would probably say yes. Really? Um, there are people who don't even consider that part of the actual. Well, Sammy on the Vortex is not. Okay. Even though they've all but stated that. Is, so BBC has said that is a, an well. I think that, now I have not seen the latest Christmas episode they had, but right. apparently they showed all the past incarnations and Paul McGann was on there. Oh wow! So, huh? I'm not. Yeah. I'm, now this this is another thing, and I know I'm jumping around, but I'm just so intrigued cool. by this thing, and I've only watched like 15 episodes. This show intrigues me because there are so many lost episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. The the BBC basically would record these shows, they'd air them, and then they'd tape over them with something else. How do you do that? Is there a show in America that has ever done that? I mean, we've got shows that never aired. They've still got footage. You can get the 14-disc set of Superman, the Superman movies, and watch Super Pup, the unaired pilot. <laughs> okay? And... Not that 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 needed to be destroyed, you know, <laughs> yes. but it was not. Why would they do that? Do you think? I think because um, who knew back in the day that you run things on? I mean, syndication wasn't really. You didn't save them for later air dates. You but might run them 19, twice. But this was the 1960s. But this was this also is, BBC. That's true. As opposed to America. That's true. Um, you know, I mean, Star Trek gained a lot of its momentum after it was canceled right from syndication over in england they I didn't mean, worry about you know, that yeah that, now that now to be fair that only that only was the first two doctors mainly right um now there's some there's some episodes of john pertwee who's a third doctor that do not exist but are in color form um that blows my mind i mean yeah, it just blows my mind and you wonder if there's someone somehow out there sitting on something well, you know i mean is that possible at yeah, all? Yeah, uh, they've had a lot of people come forward with stories thought that were lost, and they've made DVD releases of wow. them. Wow. Um, 
now there's do, when I they think, make the DVD releases, do they restore them? Yeah, absolutely. Now um, you've now you I heard you guys talking about they've done some animated. Yes. Now how, there how was, does that work? There was a story called the Invasion, um, second Doctor story. Yeah. There was I don't I have not seen the full story, um, but there are several episodes that were lost, mm-hmm. and for those episodes they do animation, and go by the script or or what people remember or photo shots or whatever, um, and so I thought that was a great way to try to you know bring that back to life. Let me ask you something as a fan: Would you have a problem if they have old scripts? And surely they've got script. I mean, they have to have some old scripts around of of these old shows. Would you have a problem if they said, let's do an animated series of the lost Doctor Who so that this Doctor Who that's supposed to be the first Doctor Who looks like him in an animated form and all this stuff, and we'll just get voice actors that can sound as close to mm-hmm. the original voices as possible. Would you have a problem with them releasing those stories in that form? Uh, personally, um, probably not. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you think most Whovians would? I probably think they would. Just I feel like I'm it, talking about people who don't like the Grinch when I talk <laughs> about Whovians. It's kind of become a novelty, and it's kind of one of those things. Um, I always uh, relate it to like being a Boston Red Sox fan. Is that you? All those years you could complain about not having the World Series, and and over and over, and then you finally get it, and now you nobody wants to hear it. You know what I mean? And so at this point, you know, it's kind of become a novelty, and and, and um, who you know, culture. Right, right. Uh, you have you have a favorite doctor. Yes, I do. And it, it would be? The fifth doctor, Peter Davison. Not the one in the movie? No. The one with the rainbow coat? No, this one had, um, <laughs> he wore a cricket. I get confused. He wore a him. cricket outfit. What is a cricket outfit? <laughs> I mean, like he walked around with six legs going. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, you are familiar that there's a sport. Called cricket. Well, over let's, not, over. let's not over exaggerate. <laughs> he wore a British baseball uniform. Yes, essentially. Why? Because every doctor has a quirk about him. Mm-hmm. Tom Baker, who was um, like we said over here, he's, yeah. he's you know the most popular. Is he he the had a wore the ascot, like the froth, the frilly little collar thing. No. Oh, that was the third doctor, I okay. believe. Um, this doctor wore the scarf that drug the ground. Um, it drug the ground. Yes, it was. It was hung over. How did he not stumble over that? At times, plenty of people. St- he used to trip his opponents with it. At times, are you serious? <laughs> yes. You have to understand that these shows were made on such a shoestring budget. Literally, at that point. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. What? Uh, what? And you said your favorite doctor is the fifth doctor, Peter Davison, and he wore a cricket outfit. Yes, he did. Um, he, <laughs> that's a bad pun, and I apologize. What did you like about him? What do you like about him so much? Because he was a gentle doctor. I mean, he he really like enjoyed his time with his companions. Um, he also faced probably the most tragedy with his companions. He lost one. Wow. And it was, I, I don't think he ever got over that. And in the end, um, spoiler alert, he does give his life for the current companion. You know, companion. Wow. And and he gives her he's poisoned, um, they're both poisoned, and he gives her the serum, knowing there's not enough for him, and he regenerates. And so I think to me that plays more of a character. And arc. he regenerated into who? Colin Baker, the rainbow color coat. Nice, weird, yeah. yeah, strange. Yeah, not a very nice doctor either. He was oh kind wow, ill tempered. So he went from being the kind doctor to the ill tempered yeah. doctor. How long was now? When was 
Peter Davison. Davison. I believe I'm it, sorry. It's not that I'm not listening. I'm terrible at names. Just ask Derek. I believe it was early 80s. Um, I want to say 81. He only did three seasons. Okay. Okay. And How long was the Rainbow Coat Man? Two seasons. Willy Wonka was two seasons. Yes. Um, and that was, he was the fifth doctor. My favorite, yes. It was the fifth. So the guy, you, the, the guy after him was the sixth doctor, of course. Who followed him? Sylvester McCoy. Who played the seventh Doctor? Did two for seasons. how long? Two seasons, and then the show was put on hiatus. They never officially canceled, it. right? And that was been late eighties. Yes, that happened. And so you don't have a Doctor Who at all until the movie. That right. People I hated. mean, I think they done. What was some... the movie about? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sylvester McCoy's Doctor goes to the planet Scarrow where the Daleks, you know, where they are. Oh wow. But because of there's copyright issues with the Daleks, they couldn't officially use them. Who made this movie? <laughs> was it this was, an American-made Doctor a, Who yes, movie? Yes, it was a joint process. Had we BBC learned nothing Fox. from Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess this probably came out before Godzilla. Yes, I'm assuming it did. Um, Let's now I'm, it, now I, I didn't I, come I'm out. Well, it didn't come out in the theaters. They aired it on Fox Network. And they aired oh, it up against. Oh, it was against, a made-for-TV movie. Yes, and they aired it up against the Roseanne finale, series finale. So of course it got. No I ratings. don't see. Yeah, I don't see how you can beat it Roseanne it with didn't Doctor get Who. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I don't like. I never did enjoy the show Roseanne, right. and I know I'm going to get some hate mail on that. But uh, I don't see how you can beat Roseanne with Doctor Who. Well, it's. I mean, I don't either. But evidently, we're in the minority, sir. Well, evidently, evidently. We're not in the studio So heads. he goes to the planet where the Daleks are supposed to be. What now, If the BBC was teaming up with Fox to do this, why didn't they have the rights to do the Daleks? Because the Daleks were created by Terry Nation. And they do things differently over there, I believe, as far as like... Oh, they do a lot of things differently um, over there. But they, they still you know, say... Not, you not, know what? They still say Fortnite <laughs> in Britain. <laughs> they do, man. They also say schedule. Schedule. <laughs> I, I've gotten to where I say schedule. Well, I have scheduled Dave to come talk about <laughs> Doctor Who, and now he's like, this guy knows nothing. I can't believe I agreed to do this. Well, the movie wasn't all about... Now, I'm a Doctor just, Who loser. <laughs> it's just at the beginning. He goes it bothers Scarrow. me that one of the main villains of this okay. thing could not be used. Right, I understand. I'm joining on the haters of this movie. It's not the real Doctor. <laughs> I, I would say skip it if... You know, you can. and, and I have. I mean, I've told you. 1996 was that movie? Yep. Well, I should say, did Godzilla learn nothing from Doctor Who? Because that was 98. <laughs> so come with me. Ain't that right, Puff Daddy? <laughs> I'm going to take one of the greatest classic rock songs of all time and make it a hip-hop song and put it in one of the crappiest movies of all time. Come with me. I just don't know how you could get past Ferris Bueller versus Godzilla. Well, Matthew Broderick, man, he lights up the screen. Uh, he plays ever since Ferris. He's played basically Ferris. No, he hasn't played Ferris, but every that is the only role that he has played that's not like any other role that he's played. Every other role he plays is kind of the same. Yeah, I did not like him as Inspector Gadget. No, by the way, that's not even worth mentioning. I think French Stewart was a better Inspector Gadget in the direct to DVD Inspector Gadget too. <laughs> Even though I didn't see it, I could just like <laughs> I could see French Stewart doing a better Inspector Gadget than Matthew Broderick. It wouldn't take much. I was really disappointed in Inspector Gadget. Did you see Inspector Gadget? I cannot say that I paid money for that. I didn't say I paid money to see it. <laughs> I just said that I was disappointed in it when I saw it. Yeah, I probably did pay money to see it though. Um, 
because I used to love some Inspector Gadget back yeah, in the day. Absolutely. You know, D- Inspector Gadget was my Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It used to come on in the mornings, and like I'd be what I was watching while I was eating breakfast or whatever, mm-hmm. getting ready for school. And I just, I, I always loved Doctor Claw. You know, I just always mm. loved Inspector Gadget. And so when they made the movie, I was kind of excited. And I just feel like Matthew Broderick didn't have the goofiness to play Inspector Gadget. Having seen Get Smart with Steve Carell, I would like them to pull an original Get Smart versus Inspector Gadget because they got the guy, Don Adams, who played Maxwell Smart. He was the voice of Inspector Gadget. I'd love to see Steve Carell as Inspector Gadget. I think he could play the stupid Inspector pretty well. I think he could. All he'd have to do is be Michael Scott with a little bit of heart. Yeah. You know, a little bit more heart than what Michael Scott's got. Get somebody good to play Penny. Did you see The Office last night, by the way? No, I didn't. Oh, man. It It was funny stuff. Funny, funny stuff. Um, Get someone to play Penny? My wife watches Grey's Anatomy. There's there's nothing else on there. Yeah, I guess so. How old would you make Penny? I mean, who would you cast in as Penny? I mean, I think you need, like, Is there any child actor that you could cast as Penny? Well... Um, what's the girl that was in War of the Worlds? Dakota Fan. Yeah, I mean, is know, she not too old at this point to play? I Penny? don't. I mean, I think you might have to make her a little older. Just, I mean, you want a Chloe Sullivan type to be. Do you Penny. have? Do you have a brain? Do I have a brain? No, like the dog <laughs> okay. brain. Um, you know, Lassie from the Lassie TV show might do. Really? Uh, no. Oh, I don't know. Or do you do it like a where CGI do you, dog? Where do you find dog actors exactly? I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> Underdog. Did you see Underdog? No, I missed it. Underdog was actually a decent. Oh, really? Little, I mean, I'm not going to say it was great. I'm not going to say it was good, but it wasn't unwatchable. Okay. I mean, I sat down and I could watch it one time. We will not watch it while you're here. <laughs> you're going to have to find that one on your own. Okay. Um, back to Doctor Who, right? No, you're no. not. Wrong. You're not hosting this podcast. I'm the host, sir. What do you think? This is Geek Out Loud, the official <laughs> podcast of GeekOutOnline.com. We're going to talk Inspector Gadget That's a little fine. more. That's fine. Um, do would you put the chief in a more active role than just kind of showing up in a trash can here or a tree stump? No, there. no, I think that's what's intriguing that's what he, about it. Okay, him. so would you cast some super big name as the chief? You could do that. Who would you get? Um, I'm going to call Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd would be good. I was thinking the guy that played uh, Jay Jameson in the, in the Oh, in the movie, yeah, uh, J.K. Simmons, yeah. I think that'd be great. That'd be great. You're right. That's a better call than what mine was. Well played, sir. That's but a I, good grab. I do think you Now back to, to Doctor Who since you're showing me up. No, I'm kidding. Well, I, w- I was going to say you do have to do Dr. Claw like to the T of the cartoon. Yeah, one hand. All you see is his That's hand and the cat. That's all you see, the cat. That was the mistake they made in Inspector Gadget's movie is they showed Dr. Claw, and Absolutely. I don't think you can do that. Just have Frank Welker come on and be like, I'll get you, Gadget. Yes. Next time. Yes. You know, and, uh, yeah, even they, Steve Glosson could do it. I could do the do voice of Dr. Claw. Yeah. I could do it. Um, anyhow, back to Dr. Yeah, Hill. I guess we I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> I don't even know how we got off on that. Oh, Godzilla! Oh yeah, being right. being. Remember a while ago we were sitting in the living room and like we'd been talking and I and I'm bad to do this. I'll zone out in conversations, and I was trying to do two things at once. And like you said something, and then I was just sitting there. And you're like, "What were we talking about?" You're like, "What were we talking about?" It was so important. And I'm like, "What was we talking about?" And like we couldn't remember. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because Hulk Hogan is so important. But I was. I was in the middle of making a point, and then I just stopped. I have right. no idea why I stopped, but I did. That's but anyhow, um, so this movie, it starts out with the Sylvester Stallone doctor. Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester yes. McCoy doctor. And he goes to Scarlet to pick up the dead ashes of the Master, which is his arch rival, who's also a Time Lord. 
Oh, wow. Um, so basically like his Moriarty to Sherlock Holmes. So is this before the Time War? Um, we can assume that it is. Maybe it was a peace offering from the Time okay. Lords to the Daleks. Um, because there had been some stuff go down between the Master and the Daleks as well. Okay. To try to bring peace um, to this before it happened. Peace. No peace. No what did you think of Independence Day? I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Get that out. Get off of this podcast right now. How do you hate Independence Day? I couldn't take it seriously. I could not take it seriously. You make me so sad right now. Are you being serious, or are you just jerking my chain? Um, it's a guilty pleasure movie. It is not a guilty pleasure movie. It is a B.A. awesome movie. Oh, my lanta. No, I mean... Really? I find it hard to believe. Well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. I want you to go there because I have a... When you start the sentence with, I find it hard to believe, I have a, I have a, I have a rebuttal, and I'd like you to finish that statement. The guy lost his wife, the president. Yes. Yet he's smiling and smoking cigars at the end of the movie and stuff like that. And I just, I don't. To me, it would be more of a, okay, finally I can grieve. This is over with. And, and to me, it was played up to camp, but it like tried to be a serious movie. But it was like it was a summer action flick. You know what I find hard to believe? That there's some alien somewhere that can jump through time and space in a freaking <laughs> phone booth. Or a police box. Police even. box is what I guess you could call it. Yeah, no, uh, no, but seriously, the so he it starts out with him on the planet of the Daleks. Well, it he's not on there. He just it, he's like uh, doing the uh, narration. Saying okay. He, had, he says they had a, he had a last request, and um, what the master wanted was for the doctor to come pick up his ashes, and so the doctor did, and he's on his way back, I guess, to Gallifrey, when um, he. Uh, Master gets out, and this is where the movie just starts going crazy because mm-hmm. the master's essence, which looks like a snake, by the way, gets out and disrupts the TARDIS, and they land on 1999 San Francisco Earth. Did they party like it was 1999? It was the uh, New Year's Eve. I hear you, son. So they were playing up the Millennium Card. There. I hear you. Y2K and everything. Absolutely. Even though they didn't know about it in 1996. No, no, but they, they had it. Um, but you know, it, a lot of the stuff At that came point, out. At some point, though, Sylvester Stallone had to regenerate into. Hank or McCoy, McCoy, yes, Hank yeah. McCoy. Hank McCoy. What's his name? <laughs> Paul Sylvester, McGann. Sylvester McCoy. Okay, yeah, I had, yes. to, I had to. He gets I'm shot. Sorry. I'm, I'm no, being it's okay. too funny with it. It's okay. He gets out in uh, the mean streets of San Francisco, yeah. where there's a Chinese mob war going oh, on. Oh wow! Yes, and uh, he gets shot. Wow. And they take him to the morgue. Now, that doesn't kill him. Of course not. But it kills him when they start operating on him because they don't know how to operate on a Time Lord. And through that, he meets Dr. Grace Holloway. And His she, new companion. Um, love interest. Oh, wow. And this is where things get... This is where people get ticked this off, This is where huh? the train starts going off the track okay. a little bit. all right. Or the TARDIS out of the Time right. Vortex. Right, I got you. Um, and so he regenerates, um, meets up with her, trying to convince her, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the revelation comes that he's half human, um, which was completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, How did he get half human? Uh, who knows? How did Time Lords procreate? I don't know. Okay. They're just born. Okay. All They're right. Born from the Matrix. 
not the Matrix, but the Matrix. So Morpheus <laughs> gives birth to Time Lords. I told you it was convoluted. This is all very confusing to me. This is all very confusing. We should just stick to the new series. Okay, all right. We can do that. We can do that. But So you had the you, Time War. The Doctor basically killed the Daleks and killed the so Time Lords. So the McGann guy, though, did he was he in he was only in the movie at that point right but you can assume that he was in the time war okay got damaged and regenerated into the Christopher Eccleston doctor oh really yes because so if you the watch Christopher Rose, Eccleston doctor so there wasn't another no. Doctor Who series and from the movie if you want to call it that to <laughs> right to the uh, to the Christopher Eccleston series yeah. and Christopher Eccleston meets Rose what happened to Grace what's her name the doctor she woman. stayed on Earth at the end of the movie actually. okay so, so he left her. yeah he just left she her. said I can't go follow you on your adventures now what they do what have they do we have. ever bumped into her again in the series nah. no not yet would that be something cool I would like to bump into her but yeah I... <laughs> okay is she hot or something she's pretty good looking okay but no, I mean joke. serious business. Though. Sorry, would, Joy. I mean serious business. Would you would you like to see her show up on the series? Well, since they've made it canon now, I'd mm-hmm. like to. Okay, because I like mean, it. obviously it's Earth. Right, they're on Earth a lot in Doctor Who. Yeah, does that bother you that they're on Earth? Yes, so much? it does. Okay. It does. Um, they've kind of taken that's kind of not been played up so much in this past season. Right, um, season that four that aired. Right, um, they've they've gone off world a lot more and and. To different time periods. Yeah. What used to kill me is they didn't go back in time enough. Like to the, I love the. Um, They'd hang around the 1990s. I love the Charles Dickens episode in season one. I don't know if you saw it. It was the third episode. That's the scary one where the With dead the people ghosts. are coming back yeah, to life. The yeah. Oh wow. I love yeah. that episode because yeah, I love the time. Freaky. And Sammy loves the historical ones yeah. too. And my co-host. Um. Do okay. So out of out of Tennant and Eccleston, which one do you prefer? Wow. You got me on the spot, man. I mean, do, do you have a preference? Um, thought that was on vibrate. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm just waiting on you to answer the question. Uh, okay. Um, I'd have to go with Eccleston probably just because yeah. he brought it back to the okay forefront. Tenant, right. I'm my wife loves Tenant. I mean, she was very hesitant too. Yeah. She was like, "I'm not going to watch this anymore." Went the end of the first season. Oh, wow. So she loved Eccleston that much. She did. But after about three episodes, you get into Tenet, man. Is it because he's cute? Probably. He probably played it up. And he was in that Harry Potter movie. Played Barty Crouch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Did, uh, so, that you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about that, that he's in the Barty, that he's Barty Crouch, that he's in the movie, and they Mm -hmm. they really dig it on Tenet for that. Um. This new, I mean, the, the thing I'm noticing, and I have not watched any of the older stuff. Like mm-hmm. before the first episode of Christopher Eccleston, I've never seen a thing. One of the things, though, I do know about the older series is that in some of the incarnations, there would be literally twelve part story arcs at times. Yes, you know, is there any of that in in these? I mean, I I've, I think I've gone one to be continued. I've mm-hmm. watched one where the people come. The aliens come and take over. Slovene. Yeah, like the the spaceship lands and he's confused. Like this should yeah. be a spaceship here. Slovene. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like stuffing themselves into yeah that's, a lot of a lot of farting. That one's not my favorite. Yeah, means. I mean, all I'm saying though is that's like a two parter. Right. That, now that, know, what they're doing now is um they're doing three two parters, I believe, okay. per season. Okay. That's as far as they go. Oh wow. Okay. And back in the day, they would do four, sometimes six. Sometimes my friend two. mentioned the wolf story arc. Bad Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Don't ask me what that is. Is it Um, good? I mean, you have to finish season one. 
I must, I, must I? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe okay. you can shed light on it to me. Oh, so you don't know? You you don't? It doesn't make any sense to you? It doesn't. I, I you know, I don't know. I know what happens. Yeah. And I know why it happens. Okay. But I don't know why the words "bad wolf" are there. Oh, okay. They're All spread right. throughout time. Now you've probably heard it mentioned a couple of times in the episode. Not that you I know watched. of. They've mentioned it. Oh, just have here they really? They've supposed just, to be one they've of those, said bad wolf? Yeah, it's supposed to be one of those Easter eggs throughout every, every oh, episode. Wow. It's mentioned maybe in the background. So I should start listening. It. Yeah, you should. More Although it's not, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It is to me now. They have I'm ep- a completist. I'm going to go back and start over <laughs> and listen. But bad wolf rounds out that first season yes. story. Okay. Yes. Um, now, they do play that up later, but... How did we important. go from Eccleston to Tenet? Was it just all of a sudden there? Was it off-screen regeneration? No, no. Um... Basically what happened is Rose, and this is the bad wolf thing, uh, spoilers, um, Rose absorbed the time vortex inside of the TARDIS because the doctor locked her in the TARDIS and sent her back to her own time because he was about to have the final showdown with the Daleks. Um, and he was going to blow them up. That and, sounds amazing. He was going to blow them up and he was going to blow himself up. That sounds amazing, sir. So she comes back because she loves the doctor um, pro- probably more than, you know, not, not in a romantic way, although that's debatable as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And while she does this, um, she comes out and she's a time goddess where she can just, like, wave her hand and Daleks start turning to dust. And she does all this craziness, but it's like killing her at the same time. And so the doctor says, <laughs> he says, come here, I think you need a doctor. And he kisses her and absorbs it. And then he, like, looks toward the TARDIS and it sends all the power back into the TARDIS. But when he did that, it destroyed his body. It was killing all the cells in his body. Oh, wow. Although, why it didn't kill her, I don't know yet. Um, so he so kissed her. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's weird. <laughs> did Ro- But Rose survived. Yes. And she hung out with a new doctor for a season. Yeah, and it took her uh, the cri- whole throughout the Christmas episode to get used to him. Are the Christmas episodes on DVD? They're usually on the season box set for okay. the next season. Like okay. season two would have the first Christmas episode. And so. would that be like the first episode? With Tenet, yes. Okay, all right. Um, looking here at some stuff, trying to find uh, Doctor Who regeneration. The 10th Doctor regenerates. Who's the 10th Doctor? Eccleston? No, it's Tenet. Tenet. What? But he's regenerating into himself. Right. Um, this is from an episode. I'm looking on YouTube. <laughs> it's from Journey's End, which was the finale okay. from last season. Um, and there's the Torchwood guy. <clears throat> right. His hand is, got cut off in the first Christmas invasion. And well, when he was crazy. when he was regenerating, he could grow his own hand back within a certain amount of time. But anyway, 11th regeneration, tenant to Eccleston. They, well, okay. it should be Eccleston to tenant. Is what it should be. I understand. They probably this is probably a fan made deal. Here. Must be. Oh yeah. Okay. Tenth to eleventh regeneration possible. What? You need to go ninth. To I'm going. I'm looking for ninth to tenth. Ninth to tenth. Yeah. Okay. This is just people who want Eccleston back. Huh? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> is is this the worst part of a podcast ever? With Steve looking through. <laughs> YouTube just wanting to see what a regeneration looks like. Well, I mean, you see it there. I mean, basically, that's it. Just a lot of light. A lot of light. Now, I should say, up until the new series, every regeneration was different, was presented differently. Really? Yes. 
Um, the first regeneration was more like this. There was a little bit of light, and then yeah. it just faded back, and it was the new doctor. Um, the third regeneration happened all This screen. regeneration stuff intrigues me. I don't yeah. know why that's an effect I want to see, and I don't know why I haven't YouTubed it before now. It's a cool Ladies and gentlemen, concept. I do no research for my podcast whatsoever. It's okay. And so I'd like to apologize. I tried to do some stuff. This says it has uh, music video combining the regenerations of Doctor Who and, uh, okay, there's a black and white thing going. Yes, that's the first Doctor. Okay. And they just did some overexposure on the film, it looks right. like. Because remember, they didn't have any budget. Right, sure. And they bring back this guy. Yep. And then this is him um, saying about his companions. And the Time yeah. Lords were changing the Doctor. Is that the TARDIS there? Um, not exactly. It is a TARDIS. Has it always been a police box? Yeah, because the chameleon circuit was broken, and so other okay. t- other time lords can change it into whatever they want to. Right, but his is broken, so he could never change it. Now, out. who is this? What is this going on that we're seeing? That's here? that's a regeneration. As I said, they they is changed that the it. Second doctor. That is the second doctor, and he's going into the third doctor. Right. Now? Mm-hmm. Of course, he wouldn't be jumping into up into Christopher Eccleston. Right, and that's him falling out of the box on Earth, in color, nonetheless. Right. <laughs> Now, who's that? That's the third doctor, John Pertwee. John Pertwee. What a neat name, by the way, Pertwee. What's your name? Pertwee. 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 And that guy's got a funky mustache. (laughs) The Brigadier, yes. Yeah. But um, what I like to say about the regenerations is I think it keeps the show fresh. Yeah. Um, So I'm, you know, a lot of fans get excited when it comes to regeneration time. I think Eccleston stayed on. Well, the buzz about how many, you know, about who's going to be the next doctor and stuff has been huge. Yeah. It just it, it worried me when Eccleston only stayed the one season because um, you don't want to burn through regenerations. And there goes Pert. Well, that's kind of the old Hulk transformation there where right. they just kind of – Now, now this, who's that guy? This is Tom Baker. Tom Baker, and who's he most has, people's favorite. Right, and he has the weirdest regeneration of them all, a figure called the Watcher who's supposed, to be, <laughs> who's supposed to be a future incarnation of the Doctor that went bad somehow. And bad, I mean, like, deformed. Right. Is absorbed into the current As we're doctor. seeing there. Right. And then there's a plastic mold of his face. <laughs> and then he turns and he into the new eyes, doctor. And he turns into this new doctor. Peter Davison, my it, favorite. Really? He's all, okay, whoo, I was like, that's white skin there. Right. And there's Peter Davidson, your favorite. Right. And now there goes Peter Davidson in some type of psychedelic, looks like a, a Pink Floyd video. <laughs> Well, they, you know, for is the that times, him? that's Colin Baker, the sixth doctor. And he wears the rainbow colored clothes. Yeah. A okay. lot of the things, like when the doctor regenerates, he picks out a new outfit. Yeah. Whoever edited this video together, I appreciate, but they did not a very good job. And there he goes with some doo doo doo. And that's Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester McCoy, yes. Yeah. And this is in the movie. That mm-hmm. And that's Paul McGann. Paul McGann, who looks really weird, by the way. Didn't like Paul McGann, by the way. And, and this, there's Eccleston. There it is, the Eccleston regeneration. Oh, wow, that looks really weird. That's yeah. a great scene, though. Yeah. With just all that, I mean, that... It's very sad, and usually the regenerations are very tragic. I mean, you're, you're almost... I mean, it's like seeing someone die. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, the doctor's basically a new person. I mean, he's the same person, but it's a new type of per- like when personality. When he comes back, does he remember? Yes. Now, sometimes the regenerations fail, is what they say. And he starts kind of like losing his mind and calling the companions named of past past you know companions and, and huh. like 
all of it's kind of mishmash, you know. And so sometimes it fails. Yeah. And sometimes it goes yeah. well. So, um, what is the appeal for you of Doctor Who? For me, it, it's it's this person who's on the edge, who lives on the edge of life. Yeah. Um, and he he wants to do the right thing, but in doing the right thing, he a lot of times brings a lot of pain. Um, you know, such as the Time War. Really, it's that tragic of a show. I think it is. At least the new series. Yeah, See, even, and maybe I just hadn't watched enough. But I mean, there's a lot of death in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people well, die. There constantly. is a lot of death. That's true. Um, but at the same time, the thing that has really caused me to latch on the show is it is a fun show. It is a fun show. There, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Me, if I didn't have fun whilst whilst watching. I wouldn't watch the show. I yeah. wouldn't be a part of it at all. And 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 what I have noticed is is that it's something I genuinely want to kind of catch up with and know what's going on because it is fun, ultimately. Yes. And and uh, and and just the possibilities that are like I love one of my favorite things that I've seen so far just in these episodes. And again, I'm coming from a very very limited scope here. Is the wonder with which Rose carries herself into every situation she finds herself in with the doctor mm-hmm. you know it's like um particularly as she gets to earth and in, in that second episode where earth is going to be destroyed you know it's like here she is seeing the end of humanity and 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 he's able to tell her how important earth was and then there is the stuff where doctor who like um oh my gosh in father's day the couple that's getting married mm. you know and they talk about it was an accident he's like you're no accident most you know, important this, thing. Yeah, this is yeah. the most important thing. And I was just like, what an incredible, just deep mm-hmm. idea. And knowing that this show is geared toward kids in Britain, for him to look at this couple and say, this is no accident. You're the most, you're, you're alive. Mm-hmm. And life is the most important thing there is, you know, and that's why, I'm, that's why I'm going to try to save you today. It's just, I love that concept that this is a guy who's genuinely, even when he gets mad at Rose and even when he does some crazy things, he genuinely wants to do the right thing and do what's good. I think he does. I think a lot of times what comes out is his alienness. Like, sure, he is not sure. human. Right. I'm contrary to the and it's uh, easy to Yeah, and it's easy to forget that. Right. You know, and, it's easy as you see him in his form and, and even in, in the way he has to carry himself, it's easy to forget that. Because he comes off as cold sometimes and, and not... Yeah. I mean, sometimes, a lot of times he does come off compassionate. But right, right. It's in a hard way, I guess. Well, what, what's great is, is is he comes off cold, he comes off cold, and then boom, he does this thing. Um, I love that second episode. I mean, I really did, where the Earth is being about to be destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've sold seats, and you've got the, the last the human there who's mm-hmm. nothing but a stretched piece of skin trying the to stay moist. But that wooden chick, you know, from that planet, she's wood, and, and she gives her life to save him the way that he responds to that you know he's been so cavalier about everything until that moment right. where he's like you need to get out of here yeah you know and she doesn't she sticks around to save him and, and the reverence with which he carries himself in father's day which was a huge episode Absolutely. in my opinion you know one of my favorites um, you know he he gets all over rose for what she's done and as a science fiction geek i'm sitting there like rightfully so you don't mess with the time stream yeah. little girl you don't know what you're doing but all she has to do is look at him and say, I'm sorry. You know, there's that scene where he's like, just say, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. and she's like, I'm sorry. And he's totally cool with her, you know. And it, and, and then, the, of course, the talk with the little married couple or the couple that's supposed to be getting married. Just so, and such a big deal. So, uh, 
about Father's Day, Rose saves her father, basically, and it alters time, and, and that's when the Reapers show up, the time Reapers. Right, right, right. And the doctor knows how to fix this the entire time. Oh. He knows that Pete must die. If you see, there's a scene where he and Pete Tyler, Rose's father, are looking yeah. out of the church. Yeah, and he sees and they the, see car. the car. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor says, "Don't worry about that." You know, but he well, knows I read at that, that moment. I read that as the doctor was going to try to fix things and leave Pete alive. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying he knew that that possibility was there, but it didn't right. even occur to him to suggest that. Oh, he sure, knew how important sure. it was. To yeah, Rose. yeah. So I mean, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, that's huge. And and um, I really, you know, I, I just I really have found myself enjoying the show the stuff the two episodes i saw with david Tennant. Mm-hmm. um again my friend wouldn't show me any of the stuff with rose because apparently she did spoil it you know spoiler alert apparently rose dies um the, end. the the rather cute billy piper i wouldn't say dies yeah, but who we played music by as per Casey's request, by the way wow We're playing billy piper <laughs> music she's like a pop star wow. over in britain so wow I can't get behind that. Um. Really? You can't get behind the pop music? Can't be, can't get behind the Billy Piper? Okay. No. I mean, I know the pop music is what right. I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. It might be all right. Have you seen any of her pop stuff? No. I'll show you some on YouTube before okay. we leave here when we're done recording. It's pretty funny. I'm sure it's awesome. Oh, it's a trip. Um, yeah, but no, I, the David Tennant stuff, apparently he has really found his way into the good graces of Doctor Who fans mm-hmm. everywhere. And I look forward to seeing some of his stuff. Is he still with Martha now the, as a companion? Uh, currently, no. He has no companion currently right now. That's kind of sad. Right. That's kind of sad And it's a very statement. sad ending. And when season four ends, he says goodbye to all of them and goes oh, out wow. on his own. And, and you have to watch that. I'm not going to spoil it. Right. But it's very powerful, and, and you're just like, wow, this now, guy is really, really alone. Have you, through legal means or otherwise been able to see this year's Christmas special no I have not you have not seen I it I have yet. not does that bum you out it really does it really does could you could you find it if you had to like well, I'm waiting to hit up the convention circuit <laughs> I, oh, I got you I got you I got you so we'll do see they, what do happens. they bootleg a lot of stuff a lot of times them? they do yes yeah. I'm not going to name any names but I, I know yes. I wouldn't ask you to do that right. not that anyone listens to this no, podcast yeah. so even though those of you that do you are the greatest podcast absolutely universe. so Doctor Who definitely something I should stay on board with yes you, you, you handed me some DVDs today that are some of the older episodes should I just stick with the newer stuff though mainly um, should you know, I try to get into some of the older stuff I, at all uh it's kind of like icing on the cake. Yeah. If you can find a doctor you really like from the classic era, which is one through seven. Right. Then I think it's cool to focus on that. And if you want to just collect that, fine. Mm-hmm. Start with that. If you want to branch out every now and then, depending on how the story is, I think that'd be good, too. But Someone's listening. They, they've never watched Doctor Who before. Where do they start? Season one, 2005. Chris Reckleston. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. I agree with that, Absolutely. by the way. Um they, they, to buy the DVDs are a little expensive. The BBC DVDs, for whatever reason, you know their shows tend to tend to skew a little expensive. You may every now and again be able to find a sale on Amazon right. or something. Um, Netflix them. Uh, iTunes. You can iTunes. Do they have all of the seasons? All the, uh, they had one through. Th- wow! My check, wow! So, yeah. yeah. Well, iTunes would probably end up being cheaper. Yeah. I would think than than even buying the DVDs. So if you can do that. Um, it is a fun series. I mean, don't expect, honestly, the one thing that I have not figured out yet, and, and I'll probably get some email on this, and maybe you can shed a little light on it, 
is I don't understand how people sit around and talk about it for hours and hours and and, and write whole volumes <laughs> of it, you know, outside of just saying, here's what happened, here's what happened. I, with Star Wars, for example, and I always go back to Star Wars because uh-huh. that is the foundation of my geekdom. You can peel back layers and layers and layers of things in every character's life and all these situations, and you can really examine the the themes and nuances. I don't, I haven't quite seen that so much in Doctor Who. I have to an extent, as far as just kind of dissecting the Doctor and his psyche, but um, but outside of that, you know, I've not seen a lot of that. It, I mean, it, should someone expect the deepest, most? Uh, I think that's more for like long, long time fans. Yeah. Um, if you go back and get into the older stuff, then I think you can find that. I mean, it's it's a series that's been around for forty something years yeah, at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's you know forty six, I believe, almost forty five. Um, there, so there's a comic book out right now. There is. It's called Doctor Who: The Forgotten by yeah. IDW. It's three ninety nine per issue, but it's awesome. And so it's been good. You've been it's impressed. It's been really with it. good. The Forgotten. Okay. Yes. They're also re releasing the Marvel series. Yes. And it's called Doctor I, Who Classics. And I never realized Doctor Who had a Marvel series. Now some of this was just released in UK, I believe. Okay. Marvel okay. UK. All right. All right. Um, yeah. But some of it was, I believe, you can get Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who big in Great Britain. Absolutely, it's huge. Kids love it. It's huge. Yeah, huge. What would you compare it to in the states, um, as far as the popularity in Great Britain? Maybe Superman. Kind of really? like that. Like there's Superman shirts and there's Superman memorabilia. Yeah. Everybody over there is a Doctor Who fan. Really? I, I would say. So you got people walking around is. with scarves hanging down to the floor. Could be. And Could be. Black leather coats. I mean, and stuff. Superman might, might not. I, it might I've be got more a Doctor Who coat kind of. <laughs> it might be more like. Um, like uh, Star Wars. I mean, it's like, it's just part of their culture. It's part of their there. culture there. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'm saying on TV show, maybe the popularity of their TV of the TV show. Uh, you know, Stargate was huge. It ran ten yeah. seasons. Um, but I mean, nothing's even come close over really? here. I don't yeah. think it's TV wise. Well, Friends, Seinfeld. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> nah, that was Steve. That I don't said mean. That, by I don't way. mean the length. Right. Time. I no, mean, I know like, what you mean, but I'm saying like, like this is a show that's had show. almost basically 30 seasons of sure, programming. Sure. And I think SNL. I don't think so. Wow. I don't think that show's been funny for. You're like going to tell years. me. You're going to tell me Friends is not as popular in the states as what Doctor Who is in the United Kingdom. No. I don't think it is. You're going to tell me that Friends. <laughs> Now listen, I'm a man and I'm talking about friends. I love me some friends. You saw my I'm not DVD saying the other day, got six, seven seasons worth. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with friends. I'm saying that friends is a you know, open and closed book. Doctor Who Still ongoing. Still ongoing. You're gonna tell me that Seinfeld in its day was not as popular as what Doctor Who is in the UK. Within that span? Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you I don't know I told you, I don't know what to compare it to. It's You're gonna tell me It exists outside of the office? Of course, oh, yeah. that's a rip-off of the British. <laughs> Not a rip-off, but, but right. a retelling. Right. Which has lasted longer than the British series did. Yeah. Yeah. So, But over in England, the thing about it is, if like there's a show called Life on Mars over there right. that we've adapted over here recently. Yes. It ran for two seasons, and that was there, it. There that's how no, they ended it. There are no new ideas in Hollywood, are there? No, nah, it didn't seem to be. A lot of remakes going on. A lot on. of remakes happen. Should they make a Doctor Who movie? For the States? Yeah. You think, or they should just leave it alone? I don't know. Should they just I've heard people alone? say that that could work. Yeah. It, could, it might could work. 
I think it it would have been one of those good ideas if the series hadn't come back. Okay. And with the sure. series, I don't think you do it because there's you know if contradictions. You, if you did a Doctor Who movie, would you just kind of redo like your own continuity within this movie and say this is just? I, I would probably Doctor I, Who story. I would be loyal to what came before, but just start over probably. Yeah. Reboot. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You'd have to. Hmm. Um, have I covered just about everything I can cover? I think when it comes you have. Like, I haven't I mentioned any of the villains. The villains. I know that, you're a Cyberman guy. I'm a Cyberman guy, absolutely. I just think they're cool. They're they, kind of like the Borg. They remind me of the Borg or um, like Transformers, the Decepticons. Yeah. I mean, it, the Daleks trip me out, and it's really that climbing the stairs to get away from them that that owns me. Daleks are huge. They are big. They, they, are, huge. they are big. They are big trash cans. They really are. <laughs> um, the there's the master who's okay, and this is like his. This is like this the is end like of the Bizarro end. Doctor. Yes, yes. Okay, he's an evil doctor basically. Okay. Um. There's some more. There's some good Do ones. Do we out see there. the master in any of these? The new ones, yes. Yeah. Season three, okay. he's in there. So I got to get all the way you to do. season three. He really did. Because I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued really by the. Episodes. I'm intrigued by the villains that are like the dark reflections yes. of the hero. You know, that are like the, the hero only different. Does now, he have a TARDIS? Um, not in the new series, but he did in the classic. Was it series. a police box? No, it was oh. different things. He could it change awesome. it. One time see, it was a fireplace. I'm, one time it was a oh, wow. grandfather clock. See, I'm intrigued by stuff like that because it's like the Kit versus Carr, mm-hmm. Superman versus Bizarro, Green Hulk versus Red Hulk. Mm-hmm. I just love the villain that I is doing the same thing as the good guy, only sometimes in ways better. Um, I got nothing else, I don't think, on That's, Doctor Who. I mean, I sounds feel like, like we've covered. covered. I mean, you know, in broad terms, I think people go out there yeah. and find it for themselves, and, and I think you'll like it. But I, I would definitely start with the new series. My, my initial reaction, and I guess that's why I want to do this show in the first place, just to give everyone my initial reaction. Thanks for being with us, Dave. You're done. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, is, is I really like Doctor Who. I'm interested to look into more of it. You know, I think that it is a thing – there are enough people talking about it in the podcast that I listen to that I've been able to kind of come to an understanding and grasp an understanding. Um, I, I, I don't know why I haven't gone on YouTube to watch, because I've always wondered, what do these regenerations look like? I bet mean, that looks cool. You know, and, and the one with Eccleston, the tenant, did look pretty good, by the yeah. way. Um, I just, uh, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't have sci-fi on my cable, which really bums me wow. out. And it's not because I'm not paying for the package. It's because they don't carry it. Wow, Which you, really you bums miss, me out. You miss out on all those really bad sci-fi movies they show well, on Saturday yeah, nights. Well, yeah, I know. I, well, I used to have it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be getting a high def TV pretty soon, and I'm gonna go ahead and up my um, my cable provider to one of the Dish networks or whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, so I'll have the high def. But then, then we'll be kicking some sci-fi, and I'll be watching some Doctor Who. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. fingers crossed. They don't have a full series coming for for tenant at all. Last do year they? they have four specials. They're going to yeah. air just one-hour episodes yeah. randomly throughout yeah. the year. And I'm assuming at the end of the last one, he'll regenerate into Matt Smith. And so. Matt Smith will probably, their their, their idea is to get an, a, another series going with yes. him. Yes, yes. Yeah. And a new showrunner, which I'm very excited about. So. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. So that's more for next time, though, because yes. I don't want to get into the logistics of who no, makes Doctor Who. No, no. But I got time to catch up, though, is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely, man. So that's good. You got the whole year. Got time and a half. Absolutely. Um, No real-life superhero this week? No, <laughs> you were on to do a real life superhero. I don't. I honestly don't have one. You know the the guy that brought the plane down. Yeah. Um. Someone had emailed in and said he should be the real life superhero. He really. That's should. just way too serious, though. It I is. mean, I can't make fun of that guy. It is. I mean, uh, who? I don't know. Who the does real that? life Red Baron. Yeah. You know, he's like. Yeah. Uh, what What was it? Have you heard that news story? Was he I even have, a pilot? I don't know. I don't know on the plane about it. 
I because in my mind, I just see them starting to go down, and he's like, because he's like an Air Force guy, yeah. right? Taking he's over. Like, Taking over. Get out of the chair. Yeah. You know, he goes up to the pilot. Get out of the chair. We're going. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to salvage this plane. You know, we're going to put her down. How? The landing gear's out. There's no fuel. <laughs> you know. Surely you can't be serious. Yes, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You know, and and like he scuttled it into the, I don't, scuttle's the wrong word because that would have entailed that he blew it up. Right. He he basically splashed down Salvage into it. the harbor outside of New York City. Correct. Yeah. And uh, and apparently not only that, once he got it down, he was going up and down the aisle helping people off, and was the last person out as the what? And in, in New York City, January. Cold, absolutely. In the words of uh, Jerry Seinfeld, George Costanza. I mean, you're talking about more than shrinkage here. Um, <laughs> he, uh, ladies, but apparently he easy. <laughs> but apparently he he walked up and down the aisles helping people out. Was the last person to leave the plane. No one killed in this incident. Correct. Yes. I mean, that's a hero, sir. Yeah. Like I can't I can't have fun and joke about that. No. You know, most of the heroes, I, you know, we have a little bit that we do. Right. I, I just see this guy like, you know, get out of the way. I'm going. It, it doesn't really compare to the woman eating the Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. And it, and it doesn't compare to Granny no. Punisher, you know, or or whatever the case, or the guy who tried to talk his way out, of, you know, the sandwich. And uh, and so I just don't feel like nah. I need to degrade that guy by, no, because he did something amazing. Absolutely. Like I respect that man. Absolutely. And you know, and I heard today we were watching some of the news conference, but it got so boring. But I did hear the lady say, you know, yeah, we want to sit down and talk with him and find out what his decision making process was. And I want to be like, his decision making process was, I don't want to die. Yeah. This is my decision. So I'm going to do everything in my power to stay alive. And keep Crazy everybody woman. else alive. Yeah, because I know Superman's not going to come out and swoop right. down and rip the wings off and save me. You know, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, indeed. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he was a he was a hero, and I, I don't have one for this week, nah. so I apologize. We've gone almost two hours, so I don't think the people want to hear us anymore. Probably don't. People are like, "Good Lord, Steve, shut up! Get this guy off so, your podcast." Uh, Dave, can I, can I plug my podcast? I'm about. Oh, sorry, no, sir. not now, not now. Come you on, have, you have lost the opportunity. Come on. Um. You can check out uh, Dave's podcast, The Vortex, at uh, podbean.com. The Vortex.podbean. The, the Vortex. The, now, don't do just Vortex. It's right. thevortex.podbean.com, where Dave, Sammy, and Jeffrey talk all things science fiction. The neat thing about your podcast, I told you this earlier today, is that you guys are not pigeonholed into one thing at all. You talk a broad range of sci-fi topics. You're all big Doctor Who fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you have talked Star Wars. You've talked Star Trek. I, I go back to if you want to listen to a fun episode and kind of get the idea of, of all of these guys' personalities, go back and check out their Halloween episode where they played um, clips from the original War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Just such a fun episode. I really enjoyed that one because I'd never heard any of the War of the Worlds broadcast, mm-hmm. and it was just neat to go back and listen and hear you guys talk about it and hear Sammy give um, a lot of history on it and everything. Uh, these you guys are all big into old black and white serials. Yep, you know, yep. one of the things that I mentioned you was I watched the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. Did you see that remake yeah. yet? I haven't seen the remake. Me either. I have not. I couldn't. Bring Keanu Reeves kind of turns me off when I. Uh, Keanu Reeves is. I, whoa. I, I like Keanu. I don't have whoa. a problem with him. But um, that was a good Keanu, by the way. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, all anyway. you gotta do is go whoa. Um, <laughs> but uh, excellent. Um. But uh, but yeah, thevortex.podbean.com. They do a great job. Very well produced podcast. Um, 
very like I said Jeffrey very well spoken you guys are very knowledgeable in what you're doing you're very well spoken Dave kind of runs the show there he, he doesn't bring the jokes like I do, but uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll have to save something for when you come on. That's true. And you can also check out – you can you can interact with Dave and Jeffrey and even Sammy at the forums, uh, geekoutpodcast.com forward slash forums. Look down at Friends of Geek Out Loud, and you'll see the vortex down there, along with the Sheet Geek podcast, Views from the Long Box, uh, Front Lines, the Clone Wars podcast, and now uh, we've added the Shadowy Flight podcast oh, wow. with Jason, also known as Super Clerk, there on the forums. It's the Night Rider podcast, which that show has ramped up in the past few episodes. Now, so. is that show looking to do a second season, or are they kind of uh, on the fence right they now? They are shifting some things around, which leads me to believe that they're struggling. They're not happy with what they're doing in the ratings at all. I will be surprised if they go second season, but they are pulling out all the stops here at the end of the first season, the okay. second half of the first season. It's been a really good show, and I would encourage people to, starting with last week's episode uh from where we're recording now so the past two episodes this coming wednesday night they're having they're bringing in car okay so and car is a different persona than what you know in the old it was just another trans am this car is like a giant transformer and so it's going to be pretty cool wow. i think to see wow. I, I'm, I'm reserving judgment i've kind of got mixed feelings about it but um but shadowy flights there uh of course geek out loud section there a lot of things happening you guys are still looking to see what you want to do with a Star Trek movie. Have we finished the voting on that? Uh, I think it ended today, and it looked like Rathcon was going to take gosh. it home. Well, man. the day is not over. Well, not that this is going to be posted. Like, that gummit! <laughs> Son of a... Oh! Are you not a Rathcon person? I'm just tired of hearing about Rath. Everyone talks about Rathcon. Well, you know, Ricardo just died. Yeah, uh, he did. This week, That's true. So, I mean, well, it's it could fitting, be a tribute. Man, I guess yeah. it's fitting, so, yeah. Con, you know. R.I.P., my friend. Yeah. Um... Old oh, friend, um, <laughs> yeah. still alive. Spock and Spock, he <laughs> must. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the many, or the few. Anyhow, um, <laughs> or the one. Uh, in all my travels, <laughs> I've never encountered someone more human. You know. <laughs> You got listen before Human. we close out. You got to do the Picard again. You got to <laughs> say, you got to say, make it so or something like that. Make it so. Oh. Uh, he's hold on. I got to get into it, dude. Um, Commander Data. <laughs> Warp nine. Make it so. Engage. Oh. Engage oh. number one. Doctor Crusher. Number. Doctor Crusher. <laughs> Mister Crusher. You don't belong on my bridge. Oh, my God. Um, but, no, email me, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Uh, trying to get caught up on the emails. I know, we've, wow, we've gone over two hours on this episode alone. So next time it will be just me. And uh, But, Dave, I thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun, man. I enjoyed having you. Thanks for having me, and thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Let us hear from you. Let us know what you think. Go ahead and rip me to pieces about doing a Doctor Who episode before I've watched it all. So we'll be fine with me. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. You are the greatest podcast listening audience on the face of the universe. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Good night, Mrs. Ockmonic, wherever you are.
If you get boring, I will yawn. I will yawn. Well, I, hope it's a, I hope it's an engaging conversation. I really do. Yeah. 